We are Brightside Home Theater. That was a great little conversation we had going there. A little, <laughs> little back and forth about podcasting and how I, right before we started recording here, we're like talking about how it, the technical part, everything intertwines into home theater, the art versus the tech, all of this. Uh, Travis, Travis Ballstat, is that how you say it? Travis Ballstat? That's how you say it. Yep. Nice. All right. Travis Ballstat from AV Nirvana. Uh, coming to us after how many months have we been talking about doing this? I think we've been talking about it probably since July. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, well, I, even before that we were messed yeah. around back and forth for, yep. I wanted to say, I thought it was like almost a year and then it was Could just be. like things pop up and this happens and that happened. It's like, ah, no, uh, but this life gets in the way. Yes. Yes. Life gets <laughs> in the way. Um, but I don't know. I don't want to put the milk at the back of the store. We're going to have a great conversation regardless because of our home theater journey. You, we can talk about that, but I'm going to bring, pull the milk right to the front of the store. How did this whole thing come to be that we're going to be doing Thursday night? You know, I've, I've been wanting to, I, I heard this movie, I heard about this movie, um, five twenty five seventy seven. Yeah. Um, I heard the story of this movie and saw like a really early trailer several years ago. A friend of mine on Twitter actually shared it with me, um, who's an editor down in LA. And yeah, you know, it's just, it's one of those things, you know, every once in a while I'd hear some little blip about it or something. And recently I was chatting with my editor friend about it on Twitter and the director, Patrick Reed Johnson followed me and he had apparently followed my friend Shane for quite a while. And we, you know, he just started jumping in the conversation and then all of a sudden, you know, another month passes by and it's in theaters and it never did make it to Seattle. Very limited run, mm. obviously. Um, but you know, now it's finally out on, on Blu-ray after what was it? 14 years of production and delays and re-edits and tweaks and just i mean just this really long story i can't wait to you know hear about some of these the hurdles and the mental anguish that this guy went through because it's not just like he wrote a script and has a movie Mm -hmm. and it took him a long time to finish it this is his story i mean this is it it's a wild story that if someone if i told you this story you wouldn't believe it but it's true it is. And what, what I found by watching this, I've seen it, uh, it just like when you mentioned it to me, like buy this, this is what we're going to, and I'm like, where have I heard this before? And it's the same thing. It's like within mm-hmm. the star Wars lore with the, you gotta see that. And there, there have yeah. been other movies similar to this that have come out where it's like people's, you know, it's their passion project and it, it, it right. comes out. Um, I can't remember the last one I watched. It was within a year ago, uh, within the last year I watched another mm-hmm. one, but this one here is like you said, it's like, it's, it's almost unbelievable, but at the same time, there are so many moments through the movie where you're just like, that's me. I'm like, yeah. holy crap. And it, it may be in, in with him, his is movie making, right? I went mm-hmm. to school for art and I, it's like, just like we were talking about earlier with the, 
with the podcast and stuff. And this, there's the line of like, what are you still doing in your backyard? And it's like, right. I'm sitting here to be honest with you. It's like this podcasting. That's what's so much fun about podcasting is like, this is like, I play, I play hockey. I'm not a pro, mm -hmm. but I play in a men's league. Well, podcasting is like men's league production, right? It's right. like, we're just yeah. having fun pretending we're like, like you mentioned yeah. Howard Stern earlier. Like we're just pretending we're doing all this stuff <laughs> and that's really what we're doing. And so when you watch this movie and that, that was one of the things you said to me about in like your first message to me about it, you were like, this is like, it's for movie lovers and it's, and mm -hmm. it really is. And it just happens to, I think hit home for us because of star Wars, because of home theater. And it's like, there's a few, I can't wait to talk to him about home theater a little bit because there mm -hmm. are mentions in there. Like, um, for instance, it's like, the, you got to find the, the center center. Seat. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. was awesome. It yeah. was so cool. And I was like, but that's such a small, it's like what? Two lines in the movie. Right. I think it, it comes up like twice, but I'm like, but for people like us, we're like, yeah, yep. I know yep. that. Right. And it's, it's yep. so good. And the sound on this movie. I was surprised, yeah, for being you know somewhat of a low budget film. I, I was, I, I that was my first. I was thought blown as well. away. I was like, wow, yeah. that's a really, really solid mix. And I mean, not just like, you know, there there are some surround sound and the music, but just the overall EQ. I just thought yeah. it sounded fantastic. It comes off the front wall, like yeah. very early on. The soundtrack comes off the front wall into your room. I was blown away. Like you said, it's yeah. like. And at the time they're playing, um, the video is like lesser than on purpose. Yeah. Right. And yep. he, so you're not expecting a lot, but then all of a sudden that track comes off the wall and you're like off right. the front wall and you're like, what the hell? There's some eighties <laughs> movies, nineties movies that yeah. haven't been reproduced this well. That should be yep. action movies that you're like, how many times have we been like, this is, it's pretty yeah. good, but everything's to the front stage, you know, not really much yep. going on. This is just like. It's not yeah. object based, but it, mm -hmm. and of course I'm using neural X, but it's still, right. it, what is it? DTS five one. And it's, it's five one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it, it was really good. It's, yeah. oh, it's going to be so yeah. exciting. He seems like a great guy. It, I've seen some of his videos and stuff and. Yeah. I, I just want to say, I'm glad you pointed out the audio because that was like when, when, when it finished rolling, Rebecca was like, what'd you think? Cause you know, she's been making fun of me for like counting down and getting ready to watch it. Yeah. What'd you think? I'm like, it sounded amazing. Like uh, yeah. I was, that was my first response, you know, obviously, you know, I, I loved the movie. Like you, like you said, um, that's us. Right. But it's also, it, it's everybody. And uh, you know, like I posted on LinkedIn this morning about this conversation that we're going to have on Thursday that everyone can look back on their life and find that moment when they decided I'm going to be a this, right. You know, and, and it, and it's funny because I ended up being in the, the, you know, the video production, television production world, though it was, that was always like my, I loved movies as a kid and I loved watching movies and, and going to the movies. And my, I remember my mom saving up to get us a stereo VCR you know, she didn't want to buy, didn't want to spend the money on the mono version because the stereo ones were where it was at. And, right. You know, so I, you know, I was always all about that, but you know, my, you know, my thing was I wanted to be in a hair band. Yeah. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, from the, from the first time my brother turned on kiss, 
you know, first I wanted to be Peter Chris, but then it was very, you know, very quickly went to Ace Frehley. And that's what I, all through high school, you know, I had to, that's what I wanted to be. And I, you know, I went to college and studied film and television production as my backup in case the band thing didn't work out. And now <laughs> here I am. <laughs> exactly. It's, I have a, it's such a funny story about Kiss. Um, when we were, I grew up in the seventies and eighties, I'm the mm -hmm. oldest of four. I have a, a, a younger sister, two years behind me, a brother, four years behind me and a little sister that's eight years behind me. So we're into the late eighties early, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, late seventies, early eighties. And we wanted to do something for my parents. And we had this, like we had this, um, playroom that we had in the basement and it had a big open door with the uh, double dividing doors that opened up. So we created yeah. a kiss stage and we did that. We took a chair and we made, you remember Gene Simmons boots that had like oh, the yeah. demon eyes and everything and the teeth. So we did yeah. that, made those out of construction paper, but they were taped to the chair. So I think it was my sister had to get in there, but you can't move. Your feet are just yeah. like in there. My brother's on a Muppets drum he's supposed yep. to be had, peter chris that muppet it's just a single drum it's like that's all uh -huh. he had but he's pretending like he's playing the drums i think i was lead singer my little sister was um uh my little sister my youngest sister she's just with my parents she was too little at the time but we did mm. these i'm like almost every year we're like time for another concert but we were doing songs that like were way inappropriate for little kids to be listening to we didn't know what yeah. they were Right. Exactly. And, but yeah. my parents are just sitting there and we'd open the doors and then I'd have to run behind what I meant. We built, we built everything out of construction yeah. paper and stuff, but it was like, yeah. my sister would play the guitar upside down. We didn't, you know, we were just little, little kids, but it was just, that's that whole production right. thing and all that uh -huh. stuff. It so it's, it's the same thing. My parents thing. love it film to this day. I mean, yeah. Kiss was film production. It's yeah. They were, they were managed by a TV producer in those days. You know, I mean, yeah. but yeah. I had the same Muppet Show drum set, first of all, but I had uh, I, I had added to it with some some pie tins and oh, yeah. Schwan, Schwann's ice cream buckets. <laughs> so I had some bigger toms down here to play. Um, but yeah, we had we had a permanent Kiss stage built in our basement playroom, oh. and you know we had a an old coffee table down there as the drum riser and you know all this stuff but we would bring it all upstairs to the living room because our fireplace had a couple of recessed lights that were aimed back and those could be like spotlights for the actual shows that we put on yeah. <laughs> we, we had a uh a friend of the family who had like a bandsaw cut a a les paul out of particle board or something and and put you know glued a neck onto it and everything so we had a fake guitar that lasted oh got so many slivers from that thing over yeah, the years. Yeah, trying to slide your hand up and down yeah. the neck. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah. oh, son of a... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with drawn on, drawn on strings with a Sharpie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. yeah. And it's... But that's the thing. You're watching this movie. You are, you know, it's 525, 77. It's just yeah. formerly 77. Uh, how come right. he changed it? Just be... I... I have just, no idea. Just to That'll give be a good props. question for Thursday. Yeah, well, yeah, I, it probably just I don't know. I mean, maybe just to, for better uh, narrowing it down because yeah. you know, there's probably yeah. If you look it, back, there's probably a lot of stuff that happened that year. But all of that stuff through the movie, yeah. just like in, you can say through the entire thing, it's like the the that's me, 
and that's this yeah. and why we do these things and the the um i tweeted this morning about the bench you know the the mm-hmm. scene on the bench that's amazing that's that's a yep. powerful scene that you're just like what the and you're not expecting that at right. all yeah. um and, and you're just wow it's yeah. and we've all been there it's like yeah it, i can't wait to talk to him about that because i went like i said i went to art school i've been you know eyeballs deep in art but one of my other passions at the time in school was like when i was at, um they you have to take an elective what did i take mm-hmm. psychology <laughs> I just loved like any <laughs> psychology class I could take. I was, I took yeah. probably four, four or five psychology classes started with child psych or intro to psych, child psych, okay. all of this stuff, because just thinking on like why the mind works the way it does, right. right. Why we end up doing things the way we do. And that scene alone encapsulated like that kid sitting there going, yeah, Hey, you're going to pay hundreds of dollars for what I just did in five minutes. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's why we do things, what our motivation is. And that's what we do on the show all the time. People come mm-hmm. in like, why do we do it? And you, it always comes back to like your, your mom buying, you know, the hi-fi version, right? The stereo hi-fi yeah. VCR, not the mono. You can't have that Travis. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, and the rest of your life, you're like, well, it's good enough for her. <laughs> yeah. Every time she, she, she'll come over here and she'll see all this stuff and she's like, that's really great, but you shouldn't be spending your money on that. You know? she's of that age that you shouldn't be spending money on anything but food and, and, you know, your mortgage. That's, that's it. That's the only expenses worth making. You know, I'm like, mom, it's your fault. (laughs) It's, it's absolutely your fault. You're the one that bought my brother and I our own turntable because you didn't want us messing with your nice stereo system. When we, you know, when we were, I, I, my brother's four years older than me and you know, I'm my first album was destroyer by kiss. And it, I, I was like five years old. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, it's so, I mean, it's like, mom, it's your fault. Right. She's, and, and she, she still has that old stereo Zenith stereo system Zenith. that we hooked yep. the VCR up to. I had that VCR all through college. Oh yeah. I, em, I I'm so... Emerson. Oh, Emerson VCR. I, yeah. Here, here's the way my mind, I have a weirdly specific mind about a lot of memories like this. I remember bringing that thing home from target and plugging it all in and turning on the stereo. And the first show that was on, it was like perfectly, I think she timed our visit to, to Fort Dodge to go to the store and buy it and come back so that we would just get it connected and turn it on as the NBC Sunday night lineup came up and we watched silver spoons in stereo like not just not just like a mono broadcast that we were splitting out into two speakers it was a stereo broadcast and it was a big deal oh yeah yeah Yeah. being able to remember uh x-files dolby Mm -hmm. surround coming in dolby surround and same thing you needed to have something that could pull that in for it was there but most you know most people had a a mono channel you know just the single what, what they weren't dual on the back. I, I don't even remember what a mono VCR had on the back for connections. If it Normally had... it would just be RF. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> right even, too. Yeah. You, you know, would they, just, yeah, you're some, right. Some of the, the nicer okay, mono yeah. VCRs would have just a single, you know, it was like yellow for video and white for audio, but right. Okay. But that, most that's... of, you know, most people were just bringing their cable or their antenna into it in RF and going out to the TV in RF. That was it. Right. Yeah, I remember the uh, super video 
and getting that and be like people like and and we're going what did super video do for like going from just the you know the rca cable and now mm-hmm. you're you're what the super video broke up your black and white it, your color it separated the color the chroma from the luminance right so in theory a super, <laughs> an svhs vcr had a better yep. comb filter to you could utilize that but then by the time those started to catch on tvs were already getting better so people would be like a i remember probably brent butterworth in a magazine article you know a being the rca cable of the r you know the pro scan vcr compared to the tv's comb filter and the xbr 32 you know i mean and the tv having a better comb filter by the time right that came out yeah by the time it was popular right and like which is a little bit better than the next and we've been doing that for like 30 years now and just like trying to get that little bit better of a pit and then you get with the uh you went from what was a component composite where you got the green which i always get those two it mixed up com- composite and then component was the rgb cables right and then hdmi hd right to hdmi and you're just it's and it's like every time you bought that new cable or got a piece that could utilize that new piece of tech you're like oh, so much better <laughs> i to, i used to go you know, I, I remember the days of going to Circuit City or Best Buy or the good guys and looking at all the stuff that I really wanted but couldn't afford and settling for, I'll get a nicer SVHS cable, S-video cable, and that'll, you know, that's what yeah. I'll buy today, you know? Right. That's what I would spend my single dude in his 20s, that's what I would spend my Saturday afternoons doing is going into all the hi-fi shops and the box stores yeah. and figuring out what I could afford this week that could potentially make my enjoyment yeah. of the upgrade movie the better. next link <laughs> yep. and we always we wanted to upgrade the big link but we're like we can't yep. afford that so i'm gonna upgrade something anything and you know one thing i've never upgraded never gone to i've always wanted to uh john i think he texted me like a year or so ago john's funny when him and i over the years he's he just gets like a like a, a set amount of money all of a sudden and he'll be like what can i spend this on Mm-hmm. And then he'll, he'll just start hitting, but he doesn't say that to me. He just starts asking me, what do you think of this product? What do you think of this product? And it's, um, the, uh, what do you call them? Like the Panamax and the, the, that do the, uh, clean the, like the power source. And oh, I've never yeah. done those, you know, the, and it's like where you get the, oh, you want to have nice, clean power going into, because you don't want to do, and it's like, I've never, I've been so close so many times and I, cause I want to see those needles. I want to see everything. Right. And you're just like, I've just never gone that far. I, I bought one of those used once and you're never supposed to buy them used, but I, <laughs> I wanted this C and yeah. I couldn't justify paying full price for it. So I, it was a monster power that had a little battery backup and everything built into it. And I, I bought one of those used because I knew the guy and I trusted that it hadn't been blown up in a lightning, you know, incident already. Yeah. So I plugged that in and I didn't notice a thing. Now I do, I, I do have two different rack mount, uh, power strips basically, you know, the, yeah. 
live wire things they work great in the rack for cleaning everything up and running all your power through stuff but yeah i don't I, d- I didn't see any difference at all i didn't hear any difference or see any difference um so yeah i i got to imagine and there's a lot of stuff out there that i'm sure it does something but mm-hmm. my system can't can't hear it Right. right. Like, yep. cause we, we say this all the way up the chain. It's like, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And I just always know, like, I'm never going to have like the top of the line. I just want to, pre- I want to have fun. I want to pretend mm-hmm. I'm getting there. I want to, you know, but there's always something that's way, yeah. way better than what I could ever afford. I'm not going to hit the lottery. And it's, I love reading about and learning about the stuff that I could never attain. Mm-hmm. Um, because someday it'll be there. Uh, you yep. and I both own Kaleidoscapes. I know yep. we, you, when you first heard about those, there's no know, way unattainable, unattainable. Like, that's cool. No yeah. That, that was cool. That was fun. To, <laughs> how can I do that? Right. And you, you try yep. to do that, but then, you know, things happen and you work your way down and it's like, and they come down and things happen. Yeah. You know, it's like, just like, pla- I remember the plas- first plasma TV I sent, I called my wife. I saw it in a, a boutique place. It was 70 grand. Yep. And five grand for the tuner that went with it. And yep. you're like, oh, someday. And I'm still yep. out watching my Sony Trinitron, right? And it was like five years later, we all had them. Um, yep. But yeah, it's, yeah. We're, I, I, I got to imagine that stuff like that still has a service. It's just not oh, yeah. something we can pull out, you know. I, I'd consider, like you just named off products that I'm like, I'm like, I'm a late adopter. You know, I don't have the budget to buy stuff on day one and be that beta testing audience and troubleshoot and this and that, you know, I, I bought, you know, my, my, I bought one of the Sony Trinitron 32 XBR that had the, you know, the separate tuner box and everything that was the Holy grail for many years. I found one when I lived in San Francisco, I found that there, I don't know if it's still there, but there was a Sony outlet store in Tracy. Oh. which was about an hour and a half east of San Francisco. And I went out there on one of my Saturdays just to check out a new place. And they had one in there. It was an open box and I bought it. Couldn't afford it. Bought it. Didn't care. That was coming home with me. I remember getting, you know, again, single guy in my twenties. I didn't really have, I didn't even really have any friends in the area because my, my job, I traveled all the time. So when I was home, I wanted to just relax. And so I remember seeing there, I lived across the street from, I think it was a school or some sort of public city building. And there was a dude out there on a smoke break when I got home with this TV. And I'm like, there's no way I can lift this up into my second floor condo. So I paid the guy who was on a smoke break. I gave him like 25 bucks and a six pack to help me carry it up into my condo. You know, it's like, but you know, I bought it at the very tail end of its, you know, ride and glory. My projector I bought just as they were getting ready to release the new line. My, I've got an Anthem processor that, you know, I bought right after they announced the current line of processors. So I, I'm a late adopter and I'm okay with that. Yeah. I save a lot of money and I still enjoy the crap out of the system. Oh yeah. That's, I mean, that's how I built my relationship with like my Jim, my projector guy. And it's, it's mm-hmm. always been like, it wasn't like everybody thinks I'm a Sony guy because he, that's the last one. That's that everybody on the pot, everybody that listens knows that's the one I have now. 
But yeah. I've had Vivitech, I've had Panasonic's, I've had Epson. Whatever he tells me is like here. He knows what I like, and he know you know. And it's just like, all right, we're gonna get you this one. Like my Vivitech, he goes, this thing's like seven years old. Came out seven years ago. He goes, you're gonna read some reviews on it. They're not gonna be very flattering. He goes, but the good reviews will say, if you have a good calibration, this thing is dead on. Yep. Okay, here you go. And then he sent me images of black levels and he goes, for you to upgrade your black levels, he goes, this one's going to do it. Now, compared to the black levels I'm getting now, not even mm. close, right? right? But at the time, and then you watch yeah. these things over time and then next thing you know, you're like, all right, I want to improve on this. And I kept going mm -hmm. to him like, what do I get next? What do I get next? And all of that, it's, but that, that's the thing. I'm a late adopter on that. Um, on a lot of the bigger stuff, we're late adopters. Yep. The first thing, do you remember the first thing you were an early adopter on? I was Blu-ray and HD DVD. I, that was, came at a time in my life where I was just, you know, okay, I'm getting a little bit more stable with work. Mm -hmm. I had the, a little bit more disposable income. They, and which is like like I had a thousand dollars cause you needed two players right. and then start collecting the two. And that was the first time I was able to be like at the forefront for nobody else. It was just me. It was, I, yeah. I, it was, I didn't even know what podcasts were. I never mind have one. Right. I was just doing it yeah. for my own enjoyment. And I'd buy both, especially try to buy the movies that I could get them in both formats. Right. And right. just do that for, just do that for fun. That's all it was. <laughs> it's like, I, I think my first early adopter thing and probably still my only early adopter was the DVD player. I bought the first DVD player that Toshiba put out there mm. because the discs were cheaper than laser discs. I was yes. tired of spending 45 bucks for a movie. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. And it's, I was a later, I wouldn't say late. I was probably six months into it before I bought mm. my first DVD player. Um, Dave, who I would love to track down someday and find out where he is right now, but he, um, he owned the Laserdisc store and he was hard against DVD. Yeah. They were, if you remember, there was a, the sound wasn't as good through DVD right. as it was through Laserdisc had a really, to this day, you could still see yep. people saying, this is the best sound. It, it, you know, uh, yeah. Obviously, like a total recall or a uh, true lies. It's like you'll never hear it better than on Laserdisc. And, yep. Um, it's so I was a little bit late to that, but like you said, it's like they Laserdisc collecting was so expensive, but I was buying it, one or two a week. Mm, <laughs> it was like it, it was expensive and it was a hassle because not everywhere carried them. Right. You know, I I had to go to the you know a, t a specific tower records in san francisco and when i was in des moines i just had to i'd go to movies to go and i'd order them they the the rental store would order me a laser disc um because you couldn't buy them anywhere in town and there yeah. wasn't the internet back then to just you know no i was i was just talking to somebody actually about a um the 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 one thing that kept me from getting rid of my laserdisc player was Pink Floyd's "The Delicate Sound of Thunder," because it was never released on anything after laserdisc, and it's it was the to me it's the pinnacle of live concert films. Um, and until a few years ago, when they did that later years box set, and they re I mean they went back to the thirty five millimeter film and all the multi tracks, and they completely recreated it from scratch. You know, I was, I had it on Laserdisc and then I had 
ripped that into my computer and cleaned it up a little bit. And, you know, so I had a digital copy that still came from the Laserdisc, but that was, I mean, there were, there was stuff on Laserdisc that never came out any later, you know, any after that. But where I was going with this was I, by the time I could actually afford Laserdiscs and stuff, you couldn't find that one anywhere. I found it on a news group and the guy, you gave the guy your address and he would mail you a printed catalog of the titles he had available as of that mailing. You would fill out the order form like you're on the bo- back like of a Columbia box of cereal or something. Yeah. I mean, you know, so I ordered like the Pink Floyd and a couple different ELO titles and there was one other one, but, and then you mail him a check and you hope that you're the first one to order those titles and then he sends them back to you and it's just like wow what a hassle that was to just get that but i got it and it you know it wasn't full of laser rot so i was happy yeah it was i was lucky to find dave uh he was on uh route nine out here he had a sign outside his first store that said laser disc and mm-hmm. most people probably were like what the hell is that right? right and i was like oh it's like i other than that, I was going to like a Suncoast video, but they had, they yeah. had such a limited selection, right? And yep. the people in those stores didn't even know what those things were. Never mind what was coming out, when it was coming out, right. learning about new releases and stuff. And then meeting Dave in the early nineties and, and being able to, I mean, this is what I did with him. I'd go in there. Like I get paid on Thursday. I go this was back before direct deposit and all that. I'd go cash my check and then I would go down and buy a laser disc and hang out with him. And if I had nothing on a Saturday, I would just drive in there and just hang out and talk to him. He lived probably about half hour, 40 minutes away from me, but I'd just go and do this and talk and, and listen to the other customers come in and, um, it was fun listening to people come in that didn't know what laser disc was, (laughs) but they just wanted like, because he had a store that was, I want to say it was probably maybe 14 by 20 and it was Mm -hmm. just shelves and shelves of racks of laser discs. And he had the plate and then, you know, and he smoked like crazy in the store. (laughs) And I don't like that. I don't like the smell. I'm like, but I put up my laser disc. I could still smell it in my laser disc. I pick them up and I'm like, it's, if it wasn't for him, I would be like, I smell it now. I'm like, Oh, I remember that store so well. Yeah. If it was anything else, I'd be like, this is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that, and that's just going back to the, that wonderful era that we both remember of the mom and pop shops like that. Yeah. Like I remember going into co-op records and tapes and, you know, being 13 years old and, you know, tagging along with my older brother and going in there and the guy behind the counter you just talk to them and you know they know they know you and they know what you bought last weekend and they know what to recommend and it's the same with those great you know you never got i mean for for all the value and how great it was for blockbuster to have that you know type of store in so many different communities it just wasn't you know you had you had uh dave i you know i had a few different spots in different cities, but like in, you know, there was one shop in, 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 when I lived in Reno, there was one shop when I lived in Sacramento, but then, you know, in San Francisco, I found laser city, which had, it was all laser disc and it was, and then they also had some, some higher end boutique audio brands as well. So I remember buying my first 
high quality center channel speaker there. Yeah. So it's yeah. Remember center channels back then? It was <laughs> like one, they were on their side and yep. two, they had to be magnetically shielded yep. because a regular speaker wasn't. And the magnet from the speaker would affect your regular, your tube TV. Yep. And it was like, you can't just put a right. And that was one of the first things that separated like the home theater guy from just every other schmo that wanted to put a speaker on their TV and be like, what happened to my TV? I'm like, Oh, you can't do that. It's going to be magnetically yep. shielded. What the hell are you talking about? You're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. 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 I stack ice cream for yeah. a living, but, uh, yeah, you need a magnetically shielded. <laughs> like what? Yeah. That was a divider. That was definitely one of those things that you either, you knew or you didn't know and you knew right. who you were talking to, whether, you know, based on whether they knew or didn't know. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I remember taking a guy into, circuit city to buy a receiver and uh set him up with a home theater and you know his version of it he'd never done anything and the salesman comes over and the salesman's like oh yeah and it was right when uh ac3 had come out mm -hmm. and he's like he goes you need this one here it's got the most channels it's got this that and i'm like this guy's never done anything he doesn't need the ac3 receiver and those were like a grand at the time i'm, I'm trying to set him up with a $250 receiver, five, one receiver and some speakers. And he goes, I go, you're, you, and at the time, if you remember AC three, you needed the special player because it had yeah. to have the digital output. It had to have all of that stuff. And it, I mean, all the way through the chain, you needed everything you needed, yeah. you know, the DVD that had AC or laser disc that had AC three. Yeah. You couldn't get that on VHS. Uh, it wasn't on anything else other than DVD. Um, and then you needed, obviously the receiver, you needed the right connections. You needed all of this stuff. And the salesman goes, oh no, you don't need anything. This will just do it. And I'm like, you're done. Go away. Yeah. Go away. I, that, that is actually something I never did have. You know, I, I went straight from ProLogic on LaserDisc to, you know, Dolby Digital. And actually I, I didn't go straight from that because it took me a while to upgrade my receiver then, but. Yeah, I mean, I never did have an AC3 capable system from start to finish. I think my player had the output, but the receiver yeah. didn't have it. And then I got the DVD player. And, yeah, even uh, laser yeah. discs. Your laser disc player had to have the that yep. output. You had to upgrade your laser disc player to be able to you could play. Get the it. Little, you'd get the little box that would sit on top yep. of it or behind it the, if yep. you didn't have it. And yeah. Yeah. Or no, that was that your your player had to have it, but if your receiver didn't, you could get a little box that would decode that and go into your receiver, I think. Yeah. It's been a while. It was yeah, a minute. It, it was quite the chain to be able yeah. to play it and get that. And all that was, that was the first discrete surround sound. It was yep. five channels. Because everything mm -hmm. up until then was uh even ProLogic was just still uh it was phasing in, in the stereo yeah. signal. ProLogic was still a stereo. It was a two channel that did your, um, basically instead of doing the, the, um, phantom center, it just sent it to that channel. Um, yep. I, was it maybe three channels though for a rear front? No, it was, it was, a, it was all ProLogic. phasing. So was, there was the left channel and the right channel and they were able to encode information that if it was this equal, if, it, if okay. L plus R would be directed to the center and L minus R information we'll go got sent to the rear channels and right. there's a mono rear channel. So, yeah. And then, but, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, AC three, and then you ended up with, uh, even, 
Was that even? I there was. I thought there was one that it went to. It was five point one, and then what did they do? Six where they did. They did um, there was Dolby ES. Yeah, which had a center. Or, yeah, it had a center rear rear channel. Yep, which was and that was basically that was a matrix of the left and the right rear. Yep. So. Yeah. So, uh, so much stuff. And uh, every step, Travis, was just so much better than the next, mm-hmm. than the last. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was, I, my friends thought I was nuts because I would sit there and talk, oh, I really want to get the, the E, I want to get another rear surround speaker to put in the middle. Why? Just because it'll be better. Yeah. But why? Well, it's another channel. Yeah. They thought I was nuts. It's still doing it. I still do oh, it. Yeah. I want more channels. I want mine's, I want floor. I've said it, I haven't said it in a while on the podcast. I want floor level and be able to, like, if you use like, uh, you could actually SVS with their elevations could be like great floor level where you just put them down and fire them up. But to be able to pan all around and be able to have something come up from there. And I mean, it'd be real easy to, all these have to be placed in the opening of the aisle, right? So that you'd, you'd have a clear line of sight to it. Um, and you just do stuff like that and the yeah. ground rumbles, be able to pull that off the floor. I think, I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, people have poo-pooed me, but I'm like, we've yeah. done crazier stuff. It, it makes you wonder if the Trinov stuff could, could actually do that. If you, you know, because they're, they're able to emulate so many incredible things with the, with their, their software that you, you I wonder if they've ever tried anything like that. It's, it's gotta be coming. I mean, we yeah. do, there's a lot of rumbles in the movies. I think we're still, I think we're just past the early stages of Atmos where, or object base where the sound mm. designers are getting really good, right? right? Early on, it was like, you had a few tracks that were like, okay, they're really taking advantage of the overhead idea and actually making it part of the movie. Right. Um, now, almost every one is, of the new ones, uh, yeah. Todd and I have talked about this and a few other people we've talked about, like any of these older movies that were five, one that come out with the new Atmos track. It's, is it really, how much better is that over us just up mixing? Cause isn't that all they're doing? They're taking the five, one track and up mixing it. And, or we could just take that old five, one track, put it through our neural X or our Dolby surround up mixer and get, it's basically doing the same thing. You know, have, having been, you know, wading into mixing audio content and surround for my projects, knowing the amount of work involved and and how far back you need to go into the process to extract an object yeah. and, and move it. You know, I, I, I'm really guessing that the vast majority of these new immersive mixes of, of older content like that are definitely just matrixed and yeah. they're they're up mixed and, and isolated out and then re-encoded as immersive yeah so that when you put it in you turn your receiver on you get that that label the light yeah yep. you get the little light or yeah it's like atmos scrolls across or dtsx scrolls across and you're like oh all right this is that's, that's quality and you're like <laughs> ah. but then you get somebody like christopher nolan that's like i don't give a crap what is on your screen i'm just gonna blow you out of your seat no matter what right <laughs> and you're like yeah and it's 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 it, you, people get hung up on those tags i think a little too much absolutely absolutely um you, you look at someone like tarantino and he'll never yeah. do an 
immersive audio mix you know you're lucky if you get seven channels out of him you know but that being said there's still some of the best movies and i'm still i'm still can't i can't wait till tomorrow to watch pulp fiction in 4k yeah you know it's like that's that's one of my top three movies absolutely without a without a doubt and i can't wait yeah to watch it you know like i've never seen it before you know the first time i saw pulp fiction i didn't like it i think i heard you say that somewhere it's because the you know i went to it in this crappy theater that had a terrible sound system yeah. we went and you know a couple of weeks later all my buddies were talking about it and they'd seen it at the cineplex on a nice sound system and we're talking about it. i'm like i don't remember that part at all i don't remember anyone saying that no nope, that's not you're talking about a different movie I just hadn't understood most of the dialogue, which is so much of what carries oh, yeah. that. And, and all of his movies is, is dialogue. They're so, you know, character driven and dialogue driven that you, you know, if you're not hearing everything, you're not yeah. getting the whole movie. You're not seeing that movie. So, yeah, I, I tweeted back when, uh, Todd announced the first time we announced that that was coming in 4k or whatever. And my only tweet back to him, my reply was, <laughs> Would you let me give you a foot rub? <laughs> so yeah. I love that line. I love that. Yeah. Line. It was so fun. But I have the same situation. I saw that in the theater, loved it. Right. And mm -hmm. then when the laser disc came out, I couldn't wait to get the laser disc. That was one yep. like, oh, I can't wait to get this. Can't wait to get this. So my buddy, my best friend, he had seen it and he didn't like it. And then we happened to be talking about it when I bought the laser disc. He's what did you buy that for? That's movies crap. I'm like, you gotta see it. So we watched it in my, you know, theater living room on the yeah. laser disc. And he was like, it's one of his favorite movies to this day. And it yeah. was, it, he watched it in a hotel, him and his wife, they were on <laughs> vacation and they like put it on the crappy TVs back then. Yeah. And he was like, you don't get the, you don't get the soundtrack. You don't get, like you said, the dialogue, how heavy yep. the dialogue is. But that soundtrack on that movie too is, it's amazing soundtrack. I, I said yep. recently, Son of a Preacher Man is one of my favorite songs because of that movie. And it's like the way that sound, I can't wait to hear it. I haven't watched that movie in my theater in probably a couple of years. And yep. I keep clicking on Kaleidoscape. I don't, I haven't clicked, literally, I haven't clicked in the last few hours. But did you notice it on Kaleidoscape? I haven't. I, I checked this morning and I, I, I own the HD version on Kaleidoscape. It's not um, available in HD right now. I It went away, but I thought it came back. It's only but up it gone for away rental. Again? It's only up for rental. So I'm like, okay. yep, it's coming. <laughs> it's Sweet. like, because they took it down so that you can't get, because yeah. they're probably going to charge a premium price, but you have it in HD. So you're probably going to get it for like four bucks, right? Yeah. And I'm going to oh, be hopefully. like, I don't care, $36.99. Cha-ching, put me down, you know? But yeah. I'm like, I've been watching it, and I, I want, because I've known it's coming in 4K for a little while, and I've been keeping an eye on it, and I'm like waiting and waiting. And, I, and then all of a sudden I noticed, I'm like, it's only up for rental. Ah, mm. got to be coming soon. So I'm hoping tomorrow it'll drop tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I, I would imagine. I would yeah. imagine. But yeah. And, and you know, it's funny, you... you brought up that uh the foot rub line. <laughs> i i told you i i had seen it once and then i had to go see it again in a better theater i had moved in that time i i saw it the first time i saw it in in ames uh iowa when i was still just you know just out of college and we saw it in the crappy theater that's probably like the the genesee in 52577 where hey your center speakers uh, you know yeah 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 distorting <laughs> again but it's just i think they had one driver left in their sound system and it's gone now but um 
and I moved and I lived in Reno and we went to the Reno Hilton, which was a really, you know, you know, really nice theater, but they had the back third of that theater is like love seats. So you can kind of kick back and relax. I went with one of my coworkers who was also, you know, a dude and all the seating that was left were the love seats. So we sat down and then of course, during the foot rub scene, we both had to kind of look at each other. Uh, this is awkward, but no, especially he had to take his feet off your lap. (laughs) Put your socks back on. Uh, (laughs) I had in high school, I got wicked sick. I was in class and I had, I got the flu or something like really, really bad, but I was probably a junior. I didn't have the, I didn't have a car at the time and in my art teacher, I went to the nurse. I could, I had no way to get home, no way to get out of there. But my art teacher kept giving me passes, actually gave people passes to let, to go to the other class and say, I'm not showing up. I was going to, wow. he, he let me stay in the art room. They put mm-hmm. me in the back room. We had multiple rooms for art. He put me in the back room and I literally, they bundled, the kids were great. Everybody was great. Um, they let me lay out on a table because I was just like, I was going into sweats. Um, one of my buddies comes over and he's doing uh he's playing into a um uh what do you call it? like a acorn remember you can do it mm-hmm. and uh-huh. he comes uh-huh. over and he does that and he's he's playing for people and i can hear him and he comes over and sits next to me he goes let me cheer you up and i'm like i was like all right he goes i'm gonna play you something and i'm like all right and he goes <laughs> starts playing taps <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i burst out laughing it's the only time i laughed all day but yeah. there was this one kid just, he goes, let me give you a foot rub. And I'm like, I was too sick. I was too tired. I was like, I don't care. He took my shoes off. He left my socks on and he gave me a foot rub. And it's the only foot rub I've ever received. But I was just <laughs> like, what kind of, I don't even remember the kid's name to this day. He was a, he was a great kid. He was, I, yeah. but I'm like, I didn't think he was a jerk or anything, but I was just like, such a weird thing, but I'm like, yeah. I guess it was a nice thing. Cause like with all stereotypes and stuff, like you wouldn't do that, but he was just like, I was that sick. And he's like, let me it's, help you out. It, you know, it's probably something that his, like his mom, whenever he was sick, mm. his mom gave him a foot rub and it always made him feel better. And he wanted, you know, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 but isn't that weird? Is, uh, it's <laughs> odd. You know, probably not yeah. something as a 30 year old, you would be, you know, yeah. offering up, but yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Okay. But yeah, it's the only foot rub I've ever gotten. And my wife hasn't even given me a foot rub. I don't want a foot rub. My wife hates I, feet. <laughs> I have I have the 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 grossest feet and Rebecca always tells me, we need to go get pedicures. I'm like, it'd be like dumb and dumber. It'd be yeah. sparks flying. No one I don't want any, no one deserves yeah. to have to give me a pedicure. My no wife I don't mind feet, but uh, when I say that it's like I don't mind them. I don't yeah. look at them. I don't right. care. And my wife comes home with pedicures and she goes, what do you think? If I've made it down to your feet, something went wrong. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like, like when you're looking at somebody going, wow, they got really nice feet. What happened on the way down? Right. <laughs> like that, yeah. That's the comment you're going to make. That sounds like, that sounds <laughs> like if, if, if you compliment someone on their feet, you're trying to make them feel better about something else. That <laughs> I, you're, I didn't notice that. But I did, oh, I'm great. sorry. I didn't notice that. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, oh. <laughs> Like, what the? Uh, 
Uh, anyways, we're we're off track. That's so, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's what I like. We're off track, but we're having fun. Um, <laughs> what is the track? We started out with five twenty five seventy seven. Right. Um, how long? How long do do we have on Thursday? How long is he giving us? Uh, I, I'm. I'll, you know I'm me. Have to reach out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to reach out to him. Todd was like, we need to figure out and put some sort of limit on this. Otherwise we'll talk all night. I was surprised and... you asked me. Thank you very much, by the way. Oh, I should have opened absolutely. with that. I, I, I'm it, like, I'm blown away that I'm getting this opportunity. Um, and I, I yeah. can't believe it, but I mean, yeah, it's, I'm hoping he can go two hours. Yeah. I think we could do I, the three of us. Oh yeah. Grill him for two hours. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I want. I, there, there are a lot of things I want to talk about. And, you know, Todd had, I think, initially thrown out one hour, but I don't know. To me, it would just seem unfinished if we only did an hour. So, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll talk. I'll reach out and figure out what he's going to be cool with. But yeah, I mean, we're going to want to talk about the movie and the production process and the delays and all the struggles that he went through. But then also, yeah, I mean. What we you know? What is your? Where do you watch movies? Obviously, you're a go to the theater guy, but what do you have at home? You know, you're yeah. you're into that. I, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's such a it's such a relatable movie on so many different levels, and you don't have to be a home theater nerd to no. like we are to to love it. You don't have to be a Star Wars nerd to love this movie. It, it's about you know, it's a coming of age story, and right. it's about seeing you know the events that just changed his life and set him on the path for where he is today and to me you know that's enjoyable no matter what the subject is i'd love i love biopics and and mm. things like that and this one just happens to you know happens to be like the hey you got your chocolate on my peanut butter you know it yeah. just happens to have that theater movie you know aspect about it um, so, but yeah, I mean, of course we're going to invite you in here because you're, you know, you're probably the biggest star Wars fan that I know, quite frankly. So oh, to, no, to get, got, you know, bring you in on this one. Uh, yeah. That, that, it, it's so funny. You say that about people, but it's like, I mean, John, you, I mean, yeah. he's a huge star Wars fan. I got listener Andrew and it's like, but I, I don't think there's, I don't think you can quantify a star Wars fan or a fan of this type of stuff. Right it's we all come at it from a different perspective and it's like i would say like this movie's what's it it's it's about passion it's about yeah. art right and it's like yeah. what and like i'm relating to i'm not a filmmaker but i'm relating to it in a different way and it's like i right. mean it's dead on with stuff yeah. i've experienced but in yeah. a different way and 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 you know not to I, I guess maybe saying that you're the biggest star wars fan that i know um was probably stretching it a little bit but you you know you you've spoken repeatedly about how star wars is really what drove you into this and it's yeah. the first movie you test things with you know for me it was uh, honestly my mom built that foundation with the little stereo system and the stereo vcr but what really set me on this path was a buddy of mine playing uh his laser disc of the blues brothers on a oh. on a pro logic system oh i was like I'm like, why is this better than a tape? What's going on? And then all of a sudden, the horns from "She Caught the Katie" came on yeah. behind me. I'm like, I'm sold. Yeah, yeah. I went, I went home and figured out how much it was going to cost me to get a ProLogic receiver and the crappy little KLH 
uh, center surround speaker package that was 99 bucks, you know, and I started saving up and I bought it and started, you know, heading down that path as, you know, immediately. So it was that Blues Brothers laser disc. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's, uh, that the, the difference between VHS and this is another thing I, I think VHS to laser disc was when you first got a laser disc or saw a laser disc, right? Say you saw a movie that you've seen like hundreds of times. Like I had Top Gun, I had, um, I had uh, Beverly Hills Cop, right? And you had mm-hmm. that one, Beverly Hills Cop. I still, I bought a copy of that off of eBay because that was the first VHS tape we got. It came free with the tape player, the VHS player my parents bought, and they let me have it. They're like, here, you can. And I watch that like every night. I put that in, right. going to bed, and I watch that every night, right? Um, so when you finally get to see something in Laserdisc that you're familiar with, just the uptick, because it's not a worn VHS tape that we've watched hundreds of times, or, you know, even just dozens of times that you're like, every time you watch a VHS player tape, it gets worse the next time. Laserdisc, you're going, this is pristine. It's Mm -hmm. like, I remember the first time I saw Top Gun, I'm like, they're yellow vests in that opening scene. They're supposed to be that yellow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's interesting is, and and we've had this discussion on several times on Twitter too. What really drove me to um Laserdisc more than more than sound and picture quality was the fact that Laserdisc was not uh formatted to fit your television like VHS was. Yes. You could buy That's, the two different versions, pan and scan yeah. or the widescreen. Yeah. And to be able yeah. to get, you could, there were a few VHS widescreens, but those Very came few. into the mid nineties yeah. when Laserdisc started to get known. I wouldn't even say yeah. traction, but right. known. And then people were like, okay, we'll offer this and see what happens. But you're right. That was, and, and when you yeah. played it, especially on your like four by three television, which was 32 inches, I had a 32 yeah. inch four by three. And then you take that and put black bars at the top and bottom and you're trying to tell your friends that this is the best. You'd be like, right. <laughs> you'd be like, uh, in my old open, the reason I, I had, um, if you remember my old open, the scene with, um, it's from uh, Die Hard, and they're watching the safe open, right? Mm-hmm. That was one of the scenes that I read in a magazine in the mid-90s about they, this is the difference between pan and scan and widescreen and in that shot you can see all three characters and there's two characters on the far end of the edge of your tv and then uh, i think it was hans was in the middle but in the pan and scan you get i mean the two characters go to and it just keeps bouncing back and forth yep so that's why i use those three shots in, in like to go with the beat it was like boom 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 you got you got the close close and then the full i put that yep. in on purpose because that's what that, that was the yeah. difference. And that's what I showed my yeah. friends. And they were like, yeah, I like the other one better. Oh, that's not what yeah. the director intended. They're like, how do yeah. you know? <laughs> well, Be- great. <laughs> Be- before I could afford the laser disc, I had my, my friend who had one, I had him recording all of his laser discs on the VHS for me so I could have the letterboxed versions. Yeah. Oh, it's yep. It's uh, such a traveled road. So yeah. let's, um, you and I have had this debate. This, this is mm-hmm. a funny, and it's funny. This movie is this movie we're going to be talking about also has it, which I didn't know until like the forty-seven minute mark. Um, 
but you and I have had this debate on Twitter numerous mm-hmm. times. Um, always fun. I love people chiming in and stuff. Right. Uh, aspect ratios and yep. five twenty five seventy seven has them all. <laughs> so I went on IMDb and they list them all too. It's pretty funny. However, I I will say this in you know. I, for the listeners who haven't seen us on Twitter, I'm not a fan of variable aspect ratio at all. I think it's gimmicky. Yeah. However, in this particular, because he's talking about, I mean, he's showing eight millimeter film type stuff that, you know, he did as a kid and he's, you know, he's really using, he's using different movie aspect ratios to talk about different movie yep. levels and projects and stuff like that. So for me, I, I cringed a little bit. I cringed a little bit when I saw that it had multiple ratios listed, but it it does work in this one. And I do yeah. feel like for this one, yeah, I I I don't know. Are you recording video on this too? Yeah, yeah. I did. I, I, I brought I brought in the 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 masking on the sides yep. and we watched it in you know sixteen by nine. And you know, obviously I prefer I'm a I'm a and and it, that comes also from my my video and film production background as a as a yep. cinematographer. I just prefer framing in CinemaScope in two four one. But this movie absolutely had every reason to use multiple yeah. aspect ratios. It was, I, th- this really was part of the story. Where yeah, you know, I I still feel like in in Maverick, and we'll agree to disagree. I still feel like it's gimmicky in Maverick and and in the Nolan films. It's just gimmicky. I'm not even going to disagree with you. It yeah. is. But even as a gimmick, I feel like it really works. And it's it, like, it's yeah. so, like, see, now another one that I would say, like Dark Knight, I would say that's gimmicky there. I don't think it works as well. Yeah. I think in Maverick, with their close-ups on their faces and stuff, I think it really works. But I've also, I've gone and watched it in 240, masked all the way mm-hmm. through. Still a fantastic movie. You don't oh, need, yeah. and that's why you know it's gimmicky. You don't need it, right? Right. And yep. and I'm with you early on in our conversations. I mean, you and I have been going back and forth on a number of subjects for like over a year. Right. But right. on this one, I agree with you. I think it's yeah. gimmicky. I didn't want it. If you remember at first, I didn't want Maverick to be in ma- yeah. variable. I wanted, and I even put out the pictures of like the um, um, some of the trailers. It was them, uh, you know, on the mission at the end and they're yeah. going across the ocean and it was framed in a two, four, one. And he was, it, it looked beautiful because you could see all of the planes and everything. It looked yeah. perfect. But when I finally saw it and I experienced it with the variable, I was like, okay, this one really works. And it's like, right. I mean, I love the movie in both. Um, once I figured out how to be able to mask it, Todd's the one that told me his JVC actually does it. And then I found out I can do it with a Lumagen and I'm like, I can actually mask it out so that my, my masking doesn't even have the, the overflow on it. And it looked yep. fantastic. And I'm like, and I'm not against 240 screens. It's like, I've always right. said to people, if it depends on your room. Right. Yeah. And it's like, yep. it, it, I mean, it's, if you can go that wide, if you can go, but you can't go that tall, then knock yourself out, do it. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I, for the most part, I'm with you. I'm not a big fan. Like I didn't watch Aquaman because I I don't like the variable aspect ratio in that. I don't think it does much. Once I, I got that masking, that having enjoyed it. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Aquaman to me that just looked like sea monkeys. Um, <laughs> but 
Um, no, I, and, and I agree if, if I did have a 16 by nine screen, I probably would have been all about, you know, I'll, I'll leave the masking off for this because it'll just be letterbox and stuff. But you know, when you're talking about having, and I've got, you know, having the scope screen and you're really missing out, you're, you're wasting a lot of space both ways. You know, you're, you're bringing it down to fit the one eight five aspect ratio right. and then you're letterboxing the vast majority of the movie God, it's just wasted real estate so i've right. and and i and i have watched it both ways and sure the 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 one eight five shots are nice they look great they're well framed and stuff but i don't feel like there's anything i have been missing by watching it no. masked in scope and so but yeah i mean to each their own and use what you enjoy you know, if you have a 16 by nine screen, fill that sucker. Oh yeah. Um, you know, but yeah. And, and again, it's all about what, what everyone, I mean, I don't want to, you know, I'm, a, I'm opinionated, but it also, like I <sighs> said earlier, it comes, it comes more from the production side of things. It's like right. going into, I, I just booked, uh, I'm going to be the DP on a short film that's being shot up here next month. And I'm not going to go into that going, well, we should film 16 by nine because that's not who I am. And that's not how I like to frame the image. And right. to me, there's so much, it's so much more dynamic to go, to go wide that, you know, that to me, it's a no brainer to produce in, in cinemascope and project in cinemascope and watch. But, you know, I want everyone to, you know, enjoy their systems to the fullest and not think that they need to adjust anything to please me because right. It's your system. Um, it's your opinion. And you are absolutely, as long as you're having fun, I'm happy for you. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's but, the idea. It, and that's what's funny about social media and mm-hmm. social, and you go on these forums and people tell you what, it doesn't even have to be about aspect ratios. They tell you what speakers you need to get. Right. I like mine. Oh, no, no. These ones are better. How yeah. do you know? How do you know? Like, have you heard my room? Do you know what my ears hear? It's like, right. I mean, it's the opinions that people give that turn out to be like, or in their opinion, they, they're telling you, no, you need, these are better or this is better. And it's like, maybe to you. And that's great, but it's, I'm just, and that's why I do just all about experiences and just have yeah. fun. And, you know, I've had people on listeners that have literally, they're listening with two channels. And I think that that's great because, and I, I've said it, I said it to Nick when I, you know, when I was on with SVS and I'm like, it's not, and it came from Top Gun Maverick too. It's not about your theater. It's man in the box and we are sitting in a box, right? And that's what it's all about. And, And that's what I liked about like this movie. It's like, he's got everything going on in his head and he's got ideas in his head, but he just can't get them out. And it's like, you know, he's using a, uh, what are the hubcap? (laughs) <laughs> it's like yeah. upside out. I mean, and that's, the, I can't wait to talk to him about that and how you yeah. invent ideas because you don't have the yeah. resources to do it the way like Spielberg could do it at the time or Lucas right. and stuff. Right. And there's, I, I got to pull up who it is. I can't remember. I think it was from, uh, do you remember who directed hurricane heist? He's from the fast and the fury. He'd done some fast and furious mm. movies. Um, somebody was probably listening and they'll yeah. be like, Oh, I know. But, but, I listened to one of his, um, audio, it's either his audio commentary on hurricane heist or, uh, or one of the extras. 
And he was talking about like when you do Fast and the Furious, you like you got multiple like it's a crazy budget, right? Oh yeah. And he goes, This is like a three crane shot. And he goes, We couldn't even get a crane on this movie. And yeah. he's like, I just want one. Nope. And so they had it, and he goes, That's when you invent stuff. That's when you yep. recreate the 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 industry because somebody limits you and you've got to overcome that. And that's what's great about this movie is that it's that's that's what we do as kids, right? It's like, yep, yep. I'm doing it now with this podcast. I'm trying to come up with ideas for the podcast. And then I'm like, I'll go and Google it and be like, yeah, people have been doing this for like 10 years. Oh, I yep. thought I just thought of it. <laughs> uh, I mean, my, my first film that I did was a documentary on, on, um, a friend's band. They were, it was their 10 year anniversary. And you know, I think they just passed 30 this year, but it was oh, their wow. 10 year anniversary. And, you know, we did a full like seven camera DVD of a live show, but then I also did a, a documentary on the side and I'm like, I don't have any lights. Yeah. I, I've, I've got a camera, but I don't have any lights. So I went to pier one, bought a couple of Chinese lanterns of different shapes and sizes and light bulbs and used microphone stands to put, you know, put a backlight behind them to give them some shoulder, put one over here, just out of frame. They work. It's yeah. gorgeous lighting. The the video quality was garbage because it was a you know a cheap mini DV camcorder, but it was lit well, so it was passable and it worked. You know, yeah, and it's you, you figure you, stuff out. Yeah, you figure it out, and that, and then what we do with our theaters too. I yep. I can't do a kaleidoscape. What can I do? I can do Plex or I can do Zapedia. I, you, I can't do. I remember my early days. I couldn't even get surround sound, so I had to do Y splitters off of sound just to create like i got seven or eight speakers in here they're all playing the same damn thing but it sounds like a movie to me <laughs> yeah you know but you're just you're mickey mousing the crap out of it yep. but while you're doing that you're also learning and you're yep. learning like what's good what's bad what's this yep. and i'm just getting just about to get into the audiophile world Oh boy, that ought to be fun. I saw those speakers that are, man. Those are gorgeous. Oh my God. I can't wait to hear them. Yeah. I just, uh, I ordered the, the sound base from SVS and uh -huh. I was hoping to have them in in time to talk with Brent, but, uh, I don't think they're going to be in. I, I, uh, emailed Nick and he was like, oh, I'm sorry. And he's like, he goes, we saw, I saw, I found your order. And he goes, we're all backed up from Black Friday. And I'm like, well, that's great for you. Okay, that's yeah. awesome, right? And he goes, I'll, I'll rush it, but I don't think we'll have it in time for that because I'm recording with him on Wednesday. But yeah, I got my speaker stands. I'm actually going to use it, the sound base, to do, um, to replace my Sonos soundbar. I'm going to run those in my living room. And it's when he told me about those speakers that he was going to do it. That was like, he was still building uh, Braden's. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm going to build some for you next. And I was like, okay. And I'm like, he, I was like, we, I've never had a two channels. Well, not since, not since I was a kid did I run. Yeah. So everything has been home theater, right? Yeah. Um, but to have a two channel system in my living room and when we build a new house, I want to have, you know, turntable and everything in the living room, you know? Right. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun experience. So, but yeah, those speakers are insane. I can't wait to hear them. That's yeah. That's awesome. That Those are, they were just, the craftsmanship is just gorgeous <laughs> on those, but um yeah uh <clears throat> trying to remember what the model number svs is sending me some of those uh the prime 
pros. Oh, the pro little... the speakers or the um, yeah, wireless the pros? The wireless yeah. ones? Yep. The new They're ones. Me yeah. those, some of those to to evaluate. <laughs> and, um I'm looking forward to hearing those. Um I last last year, right about this time, I bought a pair of old vintage Bang and Olufsen Bayo Lab eight thousands that I've got. Um, and I just love them. They're gorgeous. They look great. They sound great. You know, I love that they're amplified and, you know, but it's made it a real pain for swapping some things in and out mm. and easily because I, you know, I've got, uh, my turntable and my phono preamp, but then I've got a, uh, a B and K vintage stereo processor that has some weirdness to it. it sounds great, but every once in a while, the volume will just start turning itself all the way up or all the way down. it's like that, Ooh. if you don't notice it right away, that yeah. can be, uh, but you know, <clears throat> not trying to not spend a ton of money on, on every little piece of that, but you know, I've got a nice little system up there, but these, you know, these going from, from that system into these, you know, powered wireless speakers from SVS will be, be an interesting little, uh, test. And we've got a couple different places. Like, we want to try them there. We want to try them up in the bedroom where we have the treadmill on the TV. Because uh, we, we use Apple Fitness. Oh. Um, to We'll run on the treadmill and the coach is on the TV. But from the crappy little TV speakers, because I don't have them hooked up to anything, you can't hear any of the music. It's just like someone yelling at you. So, yeah. you know, we'll want to test them out up there and just a lot of different. They're, they're very versatile. And so I'm yeah. excited about that. Yeah, they're supposed to be. I haven't heard those. Uh, but they're supposed to be fantastic, like yeah. hi high end sound yeah. from something that you're like, you know, pe I want something for here for, uh, editing and stuff, but I'm like, that yeah. might be a little overkill. <laughs> it's like, it's like, <clears throat> I wouldn't want to yeah. like waste them on just sitting here and I'm literally in a closet yeah. and just waste them on something like that. But, um, but yeah, that sound base with those speakers, I can't wait to do that. And. Did you hear them on SVS was on, uh, um, HT guys last week mm -hmm. and they were talking about, uh, the sound base. They talked about the prime wireless. They talked about the new sub, the in wall. And one of the mm -hmm. things they said is like about the sound base was like, oh yeah, they can replace. And I'd already planned on doing this. They can replace the, uh, you know, a sound bar and a bowl. And I'm like, I can't wait. It's like, I have a lot of Sonos in my house. Mm -hmm. I, I run it out of the house, it, outside, inside. I have pretty much the whole ecosystem but uh this is i think it's going to be worth it it's going to be a lot of fun a lot of fun nice um i my my thing is i've got too many ecosystems because like on, <laughs> on, my, on my two channel system with the the turntable i i have a blue sound node um i have we have the sonos play bar on the tv which i just have it hooked up with an optical cable because I've never gotten it to play nice with my network. Yeah. Uh, we have an Apple HomePod mini that just comes on every morning at five 30 as background music as we you know, get up and get coffee going and stuff like that. And, you know, the last Friday or Saturday, uh, Friday night was five twenty five seventy seven. So Saturday night we decided that we were going to, we, we had a couple drinks with dinner and decided that we were going to, uh, uh, have a gummy and <laughs> turn on. We, 
for years I'd never done it, but we had everything in place and we were I we wanted to pull up the Wizard of Oz on Plex oh, and wow. then sync up the Pink Floyd album and see if it actually works. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. No, I've never heard of this. Delicate Sound of Th- not Delicate Sound of Thunder, that's the video. Uh Dark Side of the Moon, if you on the third MGM Lion Roar, if you start the album then, the music is almost a soundtrack to Wizard of Oz, and then you repeat it like two and a half times throughout the movie. And the as the music ebbs and flows, the movie is following it. So we wanted to try that. And my anthem has DTS PlayFi, which is I think what SVS uh, is using. Yeah. And it was just an absolute nightmare. Trying, I'm like that, that should work because they're both on the Apple TV. I'll use the anthem to create a PlayFi input that's using the the video from the apple tv and the audio from playfy will start the album on my phone blah, blah blah i came down here that afternoon i tested it all i i had to update the the playfy app on the anthem worked fine I'm like oh nice it even sounded really good because we were doing like a amazon music uh hd audio version yeah. of the album and i was sitting there i started the started the movie started the album they were playing along great come down here i swear to god it wasn't because of the uh the the gummy it was just cbd <laughs> it wasn't yeah it's legal here first of all right it was just it's legal CBD, here too relaxation yeah. Stuff. Yeah, yeah it wasn't like thc or anything um but yeah i sat down and the phone wouldn't connect to the play fi and the play fi wouldn't play and then it was making plex <sighs> stuff and it was just like one hassle after another i'm like i know this isn't like a typical use case but it worked fine two hours ago so <laughs> i'm a little down on PlayFi right now so hopefully the svs speakers have a better implementation than the the anthem yeah it's it's listening i can't remember what i did it on but i did it many times and back in the analog day it was a lot easier you just yeah. put the video source into one and the audio source from something else into that hit yeah. for its play <coughs> or whatever and you were yeah. just like that's how you did it but now everything's digital or hdmi you can't do that with an hdmi right. it's- well, in theory that's the one of the things i absolutely love about the amp anthem is it doesn't just have the input it doesn't have eight and in- and in- and in- hdmi inputs and four analog inputs and a couple of digital inputs they're all virtual inputs so right. it has the jacks on the back but then you you configure all the inputs so i have an apple tv input that runs my surround sound speaker profile and i do that but then i also have a two-channel apple tv input that is configured exactly the same except it's only the left right and sub so i can use that when i want to listen to music in stereo and it's just a quick press of a button there's no going into the menu and changing your surround setting and forgetting to change it back and stuff like that and you can configure there, you can do like up to 90 inputs, I think, based on, well, I want this one to be the HDMI uh, 4 so I can watch the game on the stream, but then with the FM tuner so I can listen to my local play-by-play guys. Or I want this one to be this plus this analog input or this digital input. And it's just, it's awesome how configurable it is and how customizable it is, but the PlayFi just wasn't playing yeah. fine. It's, yeah, it's, those things can be finicky. They all are. Tech is finicky like that. And unless you can hardline stuff, you have, there's no guarantees. 
no yeah. and it's like yeah yeah it's uh uh so other than 52577 mm-hmm. what uh what have you been watching lately what are some besides maverick you know i <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been watching everything <coughs> like i i told you i got new speakers in here yeah um, oh yeah i did yeah. the review and they've been making me just want to keep watching and watching and watching over and over and over so i've been watching new stuff i've been watching old stuff again just to see you know to hear the difference um yesterday i watched the northman um which not a great movie but really i love that movie really i wasn't that into i i don't know artistically i kept losing my it kept losing my interest um you know what we watched home theater wise Um, though it's amazing it 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 did sound really good and you know great great cinematography yep just yeah it didn't wasn't doing it for me but you know what really did um draw us in i'm a i'm becoming a bigger fan every day of a24 films yeah Yeah. everything they do is worth a watch i i was you know telling rebecca the other night i'm like well like the last three things that we've watched are a24 and i pulled up on the kaleidoscape i clicked on a24 as a studio in the store and brought it up and we just started going left to the right through all of them and looking at the rotten tomatoes ratings and they're like all over yeah. 85 they're it's just like everything is just top yeah, they, rated it's and, like they can't do oh, anything wrong yeah yeah it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's i know i had uh what, what were the two i had i had two or three right in a row on my tiles <laughs> pi, my tile page mm-hmm. oh and they all were like a24 is like uh yeah. everything everywhere all at once uh oh yeah What's the one next to it? It was Ex Machina is probably Ex, close yeah, to that one. Yeah, that's the one that's right next to it. Yeah, that's yeah. the one I was like, and I didn't know that was A24. Yeah. You know, and it's like, that's yeah. the thing. It's like they're, they've quietly become like this amazing studio. Yeah. And yeah. You, you don't know. It's just, you just start seeing all yeah. these. Oh, I love that movie. I love that movie. That's yeah. A24. That's A24. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so we pulled up one that when it, when it popped up on Kaleidoscape, I looked at it. I'm like, that looks kind of interesting. Oh, it's A24. I'll watch that. And I bought it. And it was one that, you know, like Rebecca was never in the mood for it or whatever. So finally, the other night we watched it, uh, after Yang, Colin Farrell, um, and it was about, you know, this couple who buys an AI companion for their daughter and it malfunctions. They had bought it refurbished, and then they started digging into the you know the, the, the memory of this AI, and and it was just like a really fascinating movie. But I think I don't have immersive channels installed down here yet. I'm still just at five point one, but there was stuff coming from all over in the room. Like he's talking to this AI interface, or you know the computer interface and everything, and it, the voice is just coming from all around oh. your room. I think it would be a great Atmos uh, watch. But it was, you know, again, it was just a really interesting take. It wasn't big explosions and crashes and, you know, bullets whizzing around, but it still was, it was a fantastic movie. And it made great use in a different way of, you know, the surround uh, imaging and, you know, the, visuals were gorgeous as well so i mean i thought it was great the only problem was it wasn't in cinemascope (laughs) 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 it it actually also had some multiple aspect ratios that 
like 525.77 had kind of a purpose. Like if you were playing back a clip in the AI, it showed up at a different at- right. at, uh, aspect ratio. But I chose to, we chose to watch at, I think, uh, 2.0, which the bulk of it was in and, and let yep. it crop the 185. And there was some letterboxing for 240 as well. So yeah. we watched in the middle. Yeah, the um have you seen everything everywhere everything everywhere all at once? That yeah. that's another one that like five twenty five seventy seven. It's like it 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 means something. It's all over, yeah. It's yeah. all over and yep. it's it, but it actually it means something. And that movie I was like I knew I bought it a while ago. Uh when we did our Thanksgiving podcast, um Rob had come up with the name, like let's do whatever, you know, where the multiverse yep. of podcasts is what we're doing. That's always our theme. And he's like, let's do that. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should watch the movie. I knew I wanted to because <laughs> people were saying it's a great home theater movie. It's right. a multiverse movie. It's what Doctor Strange should have been, all this stuff. Yeah. So, of course, you know, just hadn't gotten to it. Uh, but then when I finally did, I was like, oh, my God, where you been all my life? It's yeah. I, I love the idea of the movie, the story of the movie. Honestly, I barely even remember. I know it was an amazing home theater experience. Mm-hmm but I can't remember anything specific because I was just <laughs> so enamored with the movie yeah. as a whole. Right. Yeah. And it's it hard to sit there when base. you're just sucked in to go, yeah. Oh, it's such and such time, but I'm, I'm going to, yeah. but it's, it's yeah. such a great movie. Yeah. We watched that. We watched that one two nights in a row. We watched yeah. it on a Thursday night and it was just so good that the next night when my son was here, we we're like, you got to watch this. And we watched it again. And you know, I'm, I'm about due to watch it again. Cause I just, you know, there's, yeah. that's one that, it's so dense at times that you don't pick up on everything that's going going on but yeah. that's also part of the the concept of the movie and that you know sometimes you need to turn everything off and just be right and and focus you know on what's really important to you and not everything going on everything all, you know all everything once, everywhere so. all at once yeah yeah i and it's, so. it's funny i've i've made the joke it's not a spoiler but i'm like those that rocks those rocks and I'm like, and we're, you know, you see what's going on on Twitter and stuff. And I'm like, Twitter is everything everywhere all at once. Right. Right. And then you go over to like Mastodon or any of the others. And like, that's the two rocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, and like, but that's yeah. what it is. It's like, yeah, you see, I mean, we, you know, you see Twitter and it's like, people have been saying it's a cesspool forever. But no and one I, left. It, it was, yeah. But and everyone stayed. Yeah. But then it's like. But I've got, that's where I developed like everybody. That's where I met yeah. all of these people. That's where we have all these great conversations. It's like, same thing. If you create a focus, just like that, that's what that movie's about, really, right? It's like, yeah, just drown out the noise with the focus on what's good. And yeah. it's like in the Greek, I don't care. It's like, and you scroll through, and of course you see stuff that you think is stupid, and you're gonna, uh, I get so mad if I click on something. Because I'm like, oh, that just went into my algorithm. Let me get out of that quick, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it, yeah. you just, uh, whatever. But you, if you leave, like, anything big like that, you, you're sitting, it's just two rocks talking to each other. And that's just, yeah. that's not fun. Not as fun. Yeah. It, but Ma- Mastodon, to me, reminds me of Twitter in the beginning. Because I was there yeah. before there was an al- algorithm. I've been on there. I, I was on there a long time ago. And I actually posted Twitter. something about this. Yeah. I posted something about it and you had a really nice response to it that like, you know, I had a different Twitter 
handle and i had thousands of followers and yeah. all these conversations i've met a lot of wonderful people like you know in in real person in life friends through twitter yeah but it became such an anxiety ridden stress you know having to deal with all that noise that i just deleted that account and i was off twitter for several years and my twitter account right now i follow like 250 people and I have about 90 followers and it's, it's a nice, it, that to me, and to me, it's more like, you know, what Twitter was in the beginning. It's a carefully curated, a a group of people that I want, that I care about listening to, that I care about talking with. Exactly. Um, rather than just how many friends can I get? How many followers can I get? How many people can I broadcast my message to? And it's, you know, it's a conversation and then, and, so yeah, in my case right now, Twitter isn't bad, but it really is just full of so much garbage and the algorithm just feeds you more and more garbage. And to me, Mastodon yeah. is a bit of a, it's refreshing because it's, there's no algorithm. Yeah. And it really is just the people you choose to talk to. So while it's similar to my Twitter feed, only quieter because not everyone has moved over, it's still kind of that same old school Twitter feel. Yeah. Yeah. It's a I was on Twitter with my other, I still have it. It's still there, but I, I like follow just very few people. I used to use it for news. I used to use it to follow hockey. I used to use it to follow. I didn't even use it for home theater. I didn't know anything about stuff like that. I was just like using it for news. I never said anything. And then I started podcasting and I had to do, um, I had to get our name out. Right. So I was doing, I was doing bright side chat with John. And I'm like, you know, my, my brother was funny. We were leaving to go to, uh, we were in an airport going somewhere and I was telling him like, oh, you have a podcast? And my brother-in-laws and my brother like, they're like, you have a podcast? I was like, yeah, I don't really like to talk about it. My brother made the joke and he goes, yeah, that's one way to get your podcast out there. (laughs) Because I, you know, I'm, I'm always, my mom and dad always raised me like, you don't, you know, if you're good, people will talk about it. You don't right. need to do it. So that's such a conflict with podcasting because you yeah. got to tell people, you know, otherwise nobody knows to find out if you're good or bad. It, it, it's like me, you know, right now doing a, a going through a job search. Um, I'm a, I'm a marketing guy. I'm a communications guy. I, I do content marketing. I produce video for the purpose of educating and engaging people. But the one thing that in 30 year, 30 plus years of my career that I've never cared about and never built and never created is a personal brand. Right. And so that's why I'm like watching all these people, you know, who like, oh, I got laid off in the big round of Amazon layoffs, but I had, a, you know, four job offers the next day because they build a good personal brand. And yeah. I've never cared about branding myself. I'm like, who cares about me? Like, right. this is the work I do. And it spe- it does wonders for the people that I do it for, but I've never been good at branding myself. I yeah. just like to know people and talk to people. Exactly. And and that's what you hope for. And it's like, I, yeah. I have a very good friend of mine. He was working for a pretty big company, worked there since high school all the way up. Right. And, but he just, now he was just stagnant and we're into our fifties now. And he's like, I'm going, no, this was in our forties. He's like, I'm going nowhere. But he's getting offers within the company, but younger people are moving up past him and they're going for the job interviews. And I was like, I'm asking him, 
I'm like, what are you saying to them? And he's like, well, I'm, you know, I, I just tell them I do this. I'm like, but yeah, but the other people, you've got to brag about yourself, especially in a job interview. That's what you have to do yeah. because he's like, that's not my job in a job interview. And he was, felt yeah. the same way I do. I go, well, in a job interview, it's different for me with podcasts. That's, I never felt like this was ever a job interview to tell people about myself. I was always just yeah. like, if you hear it and, and it does, it trickles out there, but when I did chat, when we were trying to get it to grow, my brother told me, he goes, go on Twitter, follow, and just start following a bunch of other people that are like-minded to your podcast. And then they'll follow you back. And that's how people will get to know you. I'm like, okay. So I did that. And I was like, I went, I was following like 1200 people. And in like one day we were on for probably, probably six months and we had like 70 followers. Cause I wasn't telling anybody. Right. Right. In one day we went up to like 500 followers because of that. Right. But that it's fake. Yeah. Cause people are just following yeah. you back, following you back. I didn't do that with home theater. When I did home theater, yeah. I'm just like, you know, I just put it out there. I, I was a little more active with it, but I didn't, I right. didn't just follow people for the sake of following people. Cause I want to cultivate it because I actually had to come back down off of that. Cause now you're falling. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, same thing. Carefully cultivated. You just, and that's, that's where I met so many great people and then i think we're lucky in this format you have av nirvana you guys can get on there it's like if you know twitter just went punk lights out yeah i know a lot of people and i think people are using it. i'm like wow you're using that way too much maybe because they're like i gotta back <laughs> up all my information what are you doing your taxes on twitter what are you backing <laughs> up <laughs> I, yeah. I have no idea I, what i would lose off of there that There's I would be like nothing yeah. that I've posted on Twitter that I want to even see again. I've had you know? great conversations, but I don't oh, go yeah. back through them, you know? I, and it's like, but I also have a different mindset. I have the podcast. If Twitter yeah. went belly up, I'd just come on my next podcast and be like, Hey everybody do this. And you can find yep, me we're, here. We're here now. And it's yep. like Brent Butterworth. He doesn't, he's not on anything, yep. but he answers you like that on email. And it's like, and that's, if you want to contact them, just email them. And it's like, if you have a question and it's like, we could do that. It's especially with yeah. the podcast, just email me, you know, I, Twitter's a yeah. little bit easier access, um, and a little bit more centrally located for people. But right. I know there's a lot of people for years since I started podcasting that won't go on Twitter. So you yeah. have to have an email, but if I wasn't in the communications business, I'd delete all my social media. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's a waste of time. For the most part, I've met great people through there, but there are other places to meet great people that spending all the time on social media, you don't go to those other great places. So, I mean, I, it's just to me, I've come full circle and then I went hard into social media and I'm over it. I really yeah. am. You know, it's, it's become such a source of anxiety that I don't need in my life. Yeah. Well, that that's yeah. the thing. It's like, it's all on can you tune out that noise? And, yeah. and it's cause, it, but there's noise everywhere. Yeah, there is. There's noise everywhere. And it's like being able to, you know, just like you need sound treatments in your room so you can yep. focus on that center channel. Yeah. <laughs> it's the yep. same thing. So, True. um, speaking of center channel. Yeah. Tell me about those speakers because I love them, but here's the drawback. I am, I really don't want acoustically transparent. Okay. So that's going to be tough 
because these these are big bad boys. <laughs> My speakers? Yeah. Not terribly. The way you have them situated behind your screen, they look great, but they, they aren't look... they pretty big and wide and like Go ahead. Hold on a second. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> He's setting up, uh, is, is that, oh, there we go. There's one of them. Oh, I thought you were going to lift the, uh, now, oh, he's got to put his headphones on. <laughs> yeah, I, I was didn't like, hear a word you were saying. I know. I, have my headphones I was on. just trying to keep the listeners entertained too. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, but, they're so, not as big, they're not as big as they look. Okay. So can you lay that like a center one? Could you lay it sideways under a screen? Yeah. Oh okay. yeah, that's how the at at Cedia they they were in the the high sense booth, um, okay. which was not an acoustically transparent screen, so they had it just wall mounted underneath the screen. Oh wow, yeah. Okay, so I think measurement wise, I think it's like sixteen wide. You know, tall. tall. And these are only eight inch drivers. So if you look oh, at, they you know, look massive though. But that's only sixteen do. tall. So what is it? What is it about eight wide? Um, I think they're about twelve. Okay, maybe right. a little less than twelve. I mean, they're eight. They're eight inch drivers. So if you think yeah. about that, it's okay. eight inch driver. Um, I think this is a four by four horn. Yep. So, but then they're you know they're less than six inches deep. Yeah. So they would fit. Yeah, you could. I'm. I plan on building a false wall. Um. I could place yeah. them back there. Uh, my, my false wall is just a, it's two by fours framed out against my front wall. Yep. Um, and then I have, these are on walls. So I have them mounted on the actual wall. Then all I had to do because they are designed for six inch studs yep. and my wall was only four inch two by fours. I just took another piece of two by four and right, put it across right. where my screen mounts and then another one at the bottom for it to rest against so that it sat yep. straight, you know, perpendicular and they're, they're fine. Yeah. Um, the, and the more I sat here and, and tested them and thought about them and talked about them as I was researching, getting ready to write the, the video that I did, um, they're really in a class of their own in that, when you look for an MTM, you know, horn compression horn tweeter type speaker, you're looking at your JTR, your DIY sound group, and and really things like that. And when you're talking about that stuff, you're looking at a foot deep. Yeah. You're looking at a big footprint. These are I could not find another single cinema style compression horn tweeter that was designed for an in wall or on wall use. Um, and if you I, I was doing some just side by side looking at specs, these match up really closely to the JTR Noesis uh, two by tens or two tens. Okay, these are eights, but as far as SPL and frequency response and you know sensitivity all that stuff really really similar um in fact these best them in some categories oh, wow. so 
and what's it? And, John and Z you can says, put them on a hi guys, what brand are they? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I that. <laughs> they're next, next level acoustics, next level acoustics. You said they're out yeah. of my area too, right? Yeah. You said that on um, New England. I don't know exactly where they're out of New England. Though. Somewhere. I think, out of New I mean, it's a couple of different guys and they live a couple hours apart up there, but yeah. Okay. Um, but I've just been absolutely blown away by these things. Um, I know in, you were, I mean, I, listening to your review, it sounded like you had zero, you had no expectation for what you got. You were like, what, what were you thinking you were going to get out of these? Well, I, I like horn cinema style, that sound profile. It's different than a, okay. than a B and W or oh, yeah. my Bang and Olufsen upstairs, or even the triads that I had in here. You know, those uh, a horn just there the, because of the compression driver in the horn. They're so uh, efficient that they're yeah, just oh, yeah. lightning quick. The you know of of the the impact of a bullet flying through. It's just there's no laziness to it at all. They're, they're sharp. <laughs> right. They're, they're crystal clear. And, but the, the problem is, and I've had similar speakers in the past. I've had horns in the past. And, and the problem is they can get a little bit tiring and like fatiguing on your ears because yeah, they're a little brighter. Tweeter, they're on the bright side yeah, of they, neutral, right? They, they can be, Yeah, but these have nor normally i play i've played a lot with different room correction in different sits different rooms different speakers different processors different software you know rew odyssey dirac uh arc genesis and i've always spent a lot of time playing with it and never been happy with the results and just turned it off these oh. are the first speakers that i've really been able to say i really want i want to fix this spot right here and then I need to really blend the the sub in with the low end of the bed layer speakers. And and I was able to do exactly what I wanted to do really easily with these. So I was able, you know, these these had a very prominent peak at 4K. Okay. But I it was really easy to just to to bring that down. And then it was just a matter of kind of bringing back and not, you know, getting as close as I could without, you know, letting that peak go back up and, and leaving the rest of the highs alone. Um, so, you know, when I, when I did that, I was just like, oh man, these things sound incredible. And I was a little worried because at Cedia, that 4k peak, when I was listening to them there, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to like this. Yeah. And this was treated, you know, this was calibrated by Adam Peltz. And, you know, I'm like, <laughs> but then I was talking with Chris Seymour about him. I'm like, I, you, cause, cause Chris and I sat there and we were listening to him kind of talking about this 4k bump. And I'm like, you'll know, it, it was so easy to get rid of it. And Chris actually reached out to Adam because Adam had done their room too. And we pulled together, he, he got the, the frequency graphs from, the next level room and we were comparing them to my measurements in this room and the the uncorrected measurements were almost identical they showed that peak at 4k yeah and but then it showed his corrected curve i'm like well, why are we hearing it because his curve looks you know, like super flat right 
And then I remembered, I was talking to Rob Goldman from Next Level, <clears throat> and they had a turn-off processor that, for whatever reason, the unit that they had there, which was a loner, kept shutting down. Oh, so, so it I'm was like, shutting off the EQ? I, I bet it killed your, your calibration at yeah. some point when it shut down. And you were demoing it all week or all weekend at Cedia with no, oh. just like out of the box. Um, and so, but, but yeah, I mean, I've, 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 you know, I, I did, I went back and forth with, with REW and Arc Genesis a little bit and just, it's so good. And, and music, like I've never really been one to listen to music on my theater setup because I've got a two channel setup upstairs. Right. And it's just never sounded as good. But after we did the Wizard of Oz the other night with Pink Floyd's soundtrack, I was like, this sounds really, really good. You know, and, and concert films are typically mixed differently. They're mixed yeah. more like a movie, so they sound better in a theater. But just listening right. to music, I started playing just some stuff off of uh, Apple Music and, you know, just various albums that Steely Dan, John Mayer, stuff that I listen to a lot. And I was like, wow. These sound yeah. really good on these speakers. So just like the, the imaging on these, you know, I don't have my immersive channels installed in here yet because I, I don't own them right now <laughs> I need to figure out what I'm going to buy. Um, but these, the imaging on these is just fantastic. It's um, so I couldn't be happier with these. And I, and I was really starting to wonder uh, you know, after that demo at Cedia, I was starting to wonder how, how great I was going to be able to get them in my, you know, to sound in my room. And I, no more worries at all. That's awesome. That's, yeah. I mean, you would, I, you had said stuff about them that they were coming in and you were just mm -hmm. like, oh, I can't wait to, to, to try these out. But then actually seeing your review and you had teased out some stuff. Like, I cannot wait to talk about these because you could see it just in your comments, how mm -hmm. it ramped up so much. And then seeing the review and you were like, these are unreal. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Hmm. Uh, and I'm not, a, I'm typically, I'm not a horn fan. I, yeah. I don't like the brighter side of ironically. I don't <laughs> like that. <laughs> Can't believe I just said that. Yeah, <laughs> it's been right? recorded. Uh, I don't like the brighter Be side of that out. Yeah, exactly. Of, uh, of neutral. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I had owned some BM BMWs in the day and that was before I knew really I was like trying this and yeah. I, I owned a, a BMW center channel at one point. Mm -hmm. And I was like, mm. and it's like when I went back to an NHT, I was, I put that back in. I was like, well, wow, my center just seems so much better. Cause when you go from a BMW to an NHT, that's NHT I'm considering neutral, but it's brighter than a BMW, yeah. right? Yeah. So I was like, oh, the clarity so much better. Right. So, but then I was, and it's funny that, uh, Johnny speakers is the one that made the comment that he's in the, uh -huh. he's in the, um, chat right now. Um, him and I had a conversation where I was like, as you get older, maybe trying some brighter sounding yeah. speakers is better for your ears because now you need that extra bump to be able to, right. you know, to, for that directionality, because you can't hear those higher frequencies as well. So I'm, I'm looking to entertain stuff like that. I yeah. don't know if that's what I'm going to, because sometimes when you do go to horn, especially after being with a neutral for so long, like you said, they can be fatiguing and, mm -hmm. and a lot, you don't know that right away. These are one of those things right. that like, when you demo them, you're like, 
that is great. Like the pans are great because they're so distinct. Mm-hmm. But when you live with them and you try to watch a couple movies in a day and you're like, uh, that's not so good. <laughs> it's like, this hurt. I, I, I get it. And like, like I said, I've had them before and, and I, and you know, that's, I had, they were elemental designs was a company that was based out of Iowa and they did a lot of really nice quality stuff, but they had a terrible, uh, business model and business manager and they ended up going bankrupt. They, they, they had all these enclosures with no electronics in them and they sold all the enclosures dirt cheap out of the back of a trailer just to try and cover some of their debt. And a guy that I know had bought a set of, uh, these, you know, MTM cabinets and some, some slant, uh, just single woofer and horn tweeter that matched, but they were like slanted cabinets. So I bought, I had three. Yeah, I had the the front three were MTMs, and then I had four of the little slant cabinets that I was using as surrounds. And I was, you know, they sounded really good, but they I couldn't watch, you know, more than a few hours at a time, and I had to go take a break. So I ended up swapping those out for the triads, and the triads are just so silky smooth that they were great, but they didn't they didn't work well with this room. This is like. My old room was a kind of a freak of nature. It was a, it was not legally part of the house. Right. The guy I bought the house from was a contractor. And when he wasn't on a job, he was working on this house. And he had turned a three-season porch into a full sunroom upstairs and oh, closed wow. it and all that. And then he enclosed underneath, and it was his workshop. But there was no foundation. In fact, there was a big pit under what was my seating area where it was dug down like eight feet for drainage because it so was you're a like on a deck, lower level. Right? Under the for, deck. Well, oh, well, yeah, yeah. Ex- yeah, like exactly. your, your floor yeah. wasn't a foundation. It was a deck. You yeah, built the deck of, and put a room on it. <laughs> in, in front of the screen, there was like a little uh, concrete pad under the floor there because that's where you walked outside. But then he had dug down just for, in case, you know, hard, Water. heavy rains or spring thaw, it gave water a place to go instead of coming, you know, into the room, just directly on the, the, the studs in the floor and stuff. So, I I mean, it was, there was plastic layers and, and stuff like that, but it was not part of the house. It was, there was no foundation. Um, and it was just, but it became this perfect storm of sound where it just, it sounded so good. And I'd have people come in there and go, are you kidding me? That's like a 12 inch sub. It sounds amazing because there's a huge hole underneath it, you know, and it's right. on the riser and it's underneath oh. and you're feeling it. And just everything about this room that should have been, it should have just not existed. It worked all came together and worked and, you know, really well together. So, you know, but this room, we have concrete floors, higher ceilings. It's actually finished there's foundation and stuff so <laughs> you have an actual the, the foundation triad, yeah. <laughs> the, the triads just don't sound as, uh, as they didn't sound as good in here they're still great speakers and i'll right. still you know anyone who's thinking about them should absolutely um at least get a good listen to them because they sound incredible they're really good speakers but you know taking those out and putting these in was like night and day yeah um these just they image so well. And once I got that 4k peak leveled off, 
the I I don't I don't find these to be bright at all. They sound just really good. They're not as bright as going to a commercial cinema, uh, at least the way I have them EQ'd. Right. They're not, you know, like I I still I hate the movie Gladiator because of how bad it made my ears hurt in a commercial theater and all the clanging and just yeah. like it's so bright and but these don't give that at all. They're actually very warm sounding, but they're still very precise. So right. yeah, I mean, I would definitely, you know, let me know so I can hook you up with those guys and yeah. get you a, get you a listen. Um, well, because these, I've, I'm there's, there's one home theater that I've always thought has just been the pinnacle of audio video quality and even the audio more so than the video surprisingly because it's the you know it's chris seymour's home theater from seymour av um he lived a block down the street from my old house in iowa and we were very good friends um and his theater sounds better than any room i've ever been it still blows away any cedia demo i've ever heard any of that stuff i just it's it's like being in life you know he has these infinity reference series vintage things that are just they're as tall as me and they're just they're like magical and they're all powered by a mono block and each channel has its own sub and and it's not even like it's a big bass heavy room even though there's a ton of (laughs) bass he's got he has a sub on each channel he has like five 15s for a LFE for an LFE channel plus an infinite baffle sub in the back of the room, but it's a big wide open space, so it needs that right. extra pressurization. But it just sounds magical in his in right. his room, and 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 it's one of those sounds that it sounds it's perfection, but it's not loud. You don't have right. to like crank it yep. to get all the dynamics and be impressive. It's, you could just barely, you know. Turn it up just to normal speaking volume, and you're like, wow. Right. Even on old, like the older films with the brassier soundtracks, like, you know, I, what was it? We watched uh, Predator down there yeah. once, and it's like not the perfect soundtrack, but it just sounded incredible. It sounds like you're in the jungle with them. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, that's the thing. It's like, I think it would be funny when I have, when people come here, um, I, li- I listen at reference level all the time, but. I have a lot of room treatments, uh, and just recently watching a video that one of my listeners sent me about, um, uh, seating. And in the video, they mentioned like these seats happen to be, um, like velvet or something. They were mine, a microfiber, but he's like, one of his things were like, these aren't leather. So they're not reflecting any sound. And he goes, my room got quieter just because of these seats. And it's like, That's one of, like, I did this 20 years ago when I bought my seats. I didn't want leather. I wanted uh, to be absorbed. I didn't want that sound bouncing off the seats. And I I put that comment out and they're like, people were commenting like, oh, I didn't even think of that. That's So when you come in my room, when I put it at reference level, I think a lot of people would be surprised that it's not as loud as you think it is. Right. And it's because... If you don't have the right amount of room treatments or, and I'm, I'm of the belief that you, at the, in this day and age with the movies that we have and the soundtracks and the mixing, the technology, we, you cannot have too many room treatments 
because right. everything it used to be you used your room to move that sound around the room like we were talking about earlier with pro logic and this mm-hmm. even getting it and i want to talk to brent about this even getting into two channel the room is super important because there is nothing in light when you go see a band right if you just saw a band live there's not two channel it's the right. the guitar is over here the drums are in the middle the singer is here but where is his voice coming from right everything's spread out and it and it's the acoustics of the room that yeah. make like when you go see a band and you what we used to say when we were younger like well the room sucked but they were pretty good right you didn't talk about how yeah. many channels there were so right. those two channels that that's important the room is super important for two channels for home theater everything's so discreet now especially when you get into object based it's like they can pinpoint every sound without any bouncing you the less bouncing the more discreet you get so right. when you're not when you're trying to get to reference volume and you don't have enough room treatments you're competing with that that one sound yeah. you're trying to get it's bouncing around and hitting you so yep. many times yeah you, you if you put your if you turn your in an untreated room you turn your system up to reference level it's just multiplying on top of itself with all the the echoes and reflections and stuff and you're getting you're ending up you know five minutes into the movie well above reference level because there are so many standing waves and oh. and everything just bouncing around in there so yeah absolutely yeah it makes and such i still a need to finish treating my room but you know like i said i i actually wanted to say one other thing about these speakers quick not to just keep talking about them <laughs> no go but ahead i i was talking with rob last week and um I, i'm their their audio engineer is john salcedo who's kind of legendary in the high-end speaker manufacturing and we're talking about a piece that I'm going to do on them, but that turned into kind of discussing these a little bit. I'm like, the only thing I wish that I could fit them into my four inch, my not so much the screen wall. It's fine because I've got that false wall already, but the surrounds, you can't see it over here, but the, I didn't measure very well when I bought the couch. So you already have to (laughs) squeeze around the edge of the couch. Yeah. But, you know, the surround sound speaker is also right there. So you have to go around the speaker and then around the couch right. and then you can flop down. And I was like, man, I just wish that, you know, these were, you know, in a four inch deep, I could fit them in that cabinet. Right. Yeah. But what it, it's turning into, I think, is they're, they're actually making a third vert, kind of a hybrid in wall on wall that oh. will be the, again, the in wall and the on wall are the same speaker. It's just that the on wall comes with Z clips on the back to mount them, and the in wall has the collar around it to mount it. You know, you cut out a piece of drywall, you put it in, and 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 seal it up. They're going to actually make a a a third version that's kind of a hybrid, where the collar to mount it in the wall sits back further, so that it will actually fit into a four inch stud bay and stick out only the the two, and only yeah, only about an inch and a and three quarters so that'd be nice you know i'll be able to you know fix some of that protrusion there and make it a lot more you know a lot more amenable for this particular room but what that does is i mean you could put them in an existing construction wall and still be behind your acoustically transparent screen you know maybe just needing to bump that screen out with you know a two by four like what i did here and it 
again, yet it's a, it's it's a a use case that no one is really filling. This it's you know it it's I didn't notice it until I was writing the script. I'm like, there's no other MTM like this that's an in wall on wall and now kind of a hybrid of both right on the market and they you know they sound amazing that's uh, i should i want to yeah. try them svs i want to try i want to try yeah. their ultra series i'm gonna try and i want to do all that here like yeah before i move before i have a new room i want to do it in the room that i know yep right and yep. then then you can really tell like can i tune these to get, how close can i get is it going to be better and I'm I'm interested to find out if like what if I find out everything's like the same or like maybe it because there's there's better there's worse and then there's the same and if it, right. it you know it's I like my room and I, I've worked you know really hard at at uh, fine tuning it over the years yep. but I haven't yep. changed my speakers literally like I said I did the B and W experiment years and years ago yeah. but um but it's been nht all along and which nhts do you have i have the c series now okay i started with the uh super zeros the little mm -hmm. ones right yeah and then when they came out with the ones i put my ones across the front um and that was back in my apartment i moved those right into this place and i had a one my center channel as a matter of fact go a few well this was 20 years ago that's the only one that ever went so I had to get a new zero, I mean, a new one for the center. And then that's what I had for years until they came out with the C series and my wife got them for me for Christmas for the front. Um, and I got the, the center C and then the LCRs. Um, and I love them. I love, I love the imaging. I love it's, I can listen to them all day. Um, I, I was under the assumption I've never listened to SVS for a long period of time, but mm -hmm. I thought that they were fairly neutral as well, but I'm starting yeah. to get the opinions that they are brighter slightly, but it's not, they sound a lot like what you're talking about. The opinions I mean are like it's, but they're, they're not fatiguing. So yeah. I'm kind of leaning towards that. Um, I'd love to hear these, um, mm -hmm. I, but I love the idea of, I don't, obviously I don't know NHT or anything like, I know they're out of California right. now hear this, um, been around a long, well, since the nineties, but I, I don't want to derail this conversation yet again. No, go ahead. But remember <laughs> I told, I told you about my, uh, how I went to, I, I discovered laser city and they had some boutique brands. I had my, my, my theater shop that i used to go into and drool over stuff in sacramento um i bought a pair of nht 2.5s yep um in that store and i absolutely love those speakers the last few years i've been looking for a good quality pair of those speakers to get them get another pair back in house yeah. because i loved them um i don't know i i well, I know why I wish I wouldn't have ever gotten rid of them, but I did. Um, but yeah, so I actually, and then I was living in the Bay area and I was trying to figure out what center, what NHT center speaker I should, um, pair or should add to these 2.5s. Wasn't ever really clear. 
I was looking at my 2.5 owner's manual because I saved that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh, they're in Benicia. That's like 45 minutes from here. Yeah. I called them up, asked them, and they said, well, why don't you come on out? We don't have a direct match, but we have a few recommendations. So I went to the NHT factory and they had set up a pair of 2.5s and several different center speakers that I could you know, sit and listen to and test. And then when they, when I, I'm like, Oh, I want this one. And it was the AC one audio center one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, that's the one I want. And they're like, okay, well we can't sell it to you directly. <laughs> Go to this place, uh, right down on market street in San Francisco and tell them we sent you and he'll give you a good deal. And it was laser city. So oh, they geez. actually sent me to Laser City to go buy my center channel, and then I had the HDP one surrounds. I love NHT speakers. Yeah, I love NHT speak. I remember listening to uh, my friend who had the uh, the Blues Brothers Laserdisc was out visiting, and I had those NHT two point fives and a, a ten inch sub that was NHT. Yep. And we put on and a, and a Harman Kardon AVR back when the, those things were just yep. nice. Yep. I had one. And we put on, <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, you remember the band Dada nineties alternative. They had a song called Disneyland. Um, maybe if I heard it, anyway, I probably know. Yeah. The, 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 their, that album has some of the cleanest, most nicely recorded Stratocaster tones. And we turned that on and Paul thought I was playing a Stratocaster in the other room because it sounded so realistic and lifelike. Yeah. And you know, I've never like, I really wish I still had those speakers. You're the first person I've talked to since doing this podcast anyways, in three years that has experience with them. I've Mm -hmm. everybody I know has been like, yeah, I heard they're really good. Uh, especially for their money. And I'm like, yeah, I just, I love them. And it's, but I've never had anybody be able to like talk with any kind of knowledge on them Uh, because they are, they're just such a niche brand that it was like, that was um, Dave, my laser disc guy. He's the one that turned me on to them. And um, I had a Bose set up at the time Mm because that was the big thing in the nineties. Right. And it's like, I think before that I had a bunch of like uh, Mickey Mouse, like, you know, whatever make my system yeah. but i thought oh i'm gonna go with bows i'm like that's supposed to be really good and then and then dave was the one that sat me down and this was probably like 93 94 and he's like what's the frequency response on those and i'm like um i don't know <laughs> i'm like he goes yeah he goes I, i'm like going through the box i'm looking for manuals i'm like where do you find that he goes you don't and i was like oh um, what? And he's like, I, I didn't know anything about speakers at the time. Right. I just knew marketing. <laughs> like, these are supposed to be great. And he's like, no, look. And then you went to the NHDs and he goes, here's your frequency response. Here's your, all of the, um, uh, the sensitivity and all of that yep. stuff. Right. You can't find it on both. They don't tell you yep. anything. And he goes, these, and then he did a demo for me. He goes, bring your speakers in here. So I brought my front three channels. And he goes, we're going to have some fun. And when the store closed, we demoed this stuff. And I was like, I was blown away the imaging. Yeah. And it was like, and it took time. Like we had to take them out, put in the speaker, wire, put in the, and now watch the scene again and be like, it, there was some time there. Usually when you have this delay, right. especially on a quality speaker, 
if it's close, you're going to be like, I don't really hear a difference. No, it wasn't even close. And I was yep. like, are you kidding me? I was like, all right, order them up for me. And he bought yep. me five. And I think they were like 125 bucks a piece at the time. And these were just the little ones, the super yep. zeros. And yep. I run suit. I run four super zeros in my rear and, um, two, two of them are over 25 years old. Nice. And those are my rear channels. Yep. Um, and then when I, you know, it's, uh, then the front, like I said, has just been upgraded in the last three or four years. Uh, and that was seamless. And that's why I was going to say for you, like when you were looking, I'm like, there's, their stuff is pretty uniform. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I've never gone to towers with them. I know their towers yeah. are supposed to be good, but yeah, that's pretty cool that I've yeah. never met anybody that could talk with any kind of knowledge I, about them. I, that they, they, those were my first like big boy speakers. Yeah. Um, you know, I bought those, those towers and they replaced a couple of the, you know, the, the best buy bottom of the barrel infinity, you know, yeah. bookshelf yep. speakers. And yeah, it was just, it was, uh, the imaging on the, I, I talk about the imaging on these, the imaging on those, that was the first time I ever experienced a real sound stage that went beyond the speakers themselves. And right. It was, it was just incredible. It was like, wow, not only was it a left to right, you know, full wall of sound and you could hear the different, you know, placement of the instruments, but it was the front to back. They came out in front of the speakers and were back behind the speakers. And it was, it was, you know, like I said, they were my first big boy speakers and I still have a, a soft spot for, for that brand. And, and they were just so so cool and welcoming they just like you know well come on out you know that's awesome <laughs> yeah we'll set up a room and they just put me in a room with some cds and let me sit there as long as i wanted to and listen to stuff dvds and awesome yeah, yeah. it's it's funny too that it's like i'm it's just an accident but i'm so glad that i've been my entire like this many years 25 30 years almost 30 years of nht and to be able to come up through and experience the the technologies that these speakers have pulled out, right? And it's yeah. like, um, I had an Onkyo receiver uh, right when Atmos came out. I can't even remember what I had before that. It might have been a, a a Pioneer or something. But Atmos came out, and Onkyo was one of the first ones that had Atmos. And I was like, that was an early adoption for me. Mm -hmm. I was like, I need the first one ever. And it was like the day after Christmas, I took some money that I got for Christmas and I'm like, I'm ordering this thing. And it was the first one. Um, and I need an amplifier and all that to go with it, but I, I couldn't wait. Yep. I ran that receiver for probably three or four years. And then I had somebody to the house. I'm like, I wanted to upgrade speakers. And he was telling me, he goes, you don't need to upgrade your speakers. One of the best sales. I love meeting people like this. Like they could have yeah. sold me anything. And I would have been like, okay, give me a reason why, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you need a new receiver. Yeah. And he told me about the Denon that I had. And I, I actually, I was like, all right, well, he had ordered me one, but there was a backlog or whatever, but I could get it on Amazon in like a day. So I was like, I clicked on Amazon, bought it there. And I told him and he's like, oh, okay. And that's all set. And I'm like, no, I want you to get the money. So when his came in, I go, just bring it to me and I'm going to ship it back to Amazon. And then the, his, he charged me, his price was 125 more than Amazon, but 
you know how much money he could have made off of me by selling upgrading my entire system and i was like because yeah. i was just happy he was in my room to talk to me i was like yeah but that upgrade and at the time it was because of odyssey right onkyo didn't have that what do they have at room their room correction was yeah it's still not very good from what i understand no but, it's not but odyssey it when you up that was one of the upgrades that when i had my wife come down she thought i got a new projector she's like the picture looks clearer everything looks better and it was like same speakers same everything yeah. but getting the correct room correction getting the yeah you know the right amplification and all of that and it's like yep. whatever onkyo was doing it wasn't working and it was right but to be able all of those upgrades over you know almost 30 years to be able to go through one set of speakers and really experience all that stuff is is really kind of it's kind of mm -hmm. fun and it's like but at the same time now i'm like do i want something new so it's going to be tough it's going to be tough testing all this stuff you've gotten your money's worth out of those speakers <laughs> let's just say that you know and and that's the sign of a great product is when you know really the only reason you're considering upgrading those is because you're going to be moving i'm leaving right like <laughs> I, I i could you know this would be a great time to upgrade but you know, like you said, you've been really happy with them. So yeah, that's, I, that's a great, that's a great speaker right there. Right. Yeah. And it's, that's the other thing. I love the, I love the tweak a little bit here mm -hmm. and there. Obviously we all do. We're messing yeah. with everything, but I want to sit down and watch movies. And if you're constantly changing speakers and you're doing this, it, but if you live something with long enough and then all of a sudden you do get a good upgrade, like you're going to with your speakers now, it, mm -hmm. what it does for your library is huge. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like you go back through your library and all of that content. And you're like, oh, I got to check this out. And things are coming out with like, and that's, what's fun about like the new, you know, displays we're getting. And you're like, right. That crap has been there the whole time. There were <laughs> numbers in the back of the matrix opening. I didn't know yeah. that. <laughs> it's like, it's amazing. Yep. It's like, but we never, we thought we had it all. I'm like, what's right. there now that we're not yeah. getting that we just don't know about yet. It's yep. like, we're going to get there eventually, but. And that's the sign of a good upgrade is when you not only want to just keep watching more, you want to rewatch. Yeah. Because you want to rediscover your favorites again. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, when, when you're digging back through movies you've seen over and over again, because you want to experience them again on this, this speaker or with this projector or whatever it might be, that's when your money's really well spent. You know, I've got a, a, a turntable upstairs that I was, a, I, I'm addicted to buying records and I haven't bought a new record since this turntable arrived because I've just been wanting to dig back through, you know, all my old records and hear, hear that. How does it make that record sound? What's this one going to sound like? Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This it's just upgrading all that stuff. And I'm going to get into the vinyl thing because of these new speak i want to get into all that and but it's like it's not for the quality necessary it's the nostalgia right yep. and it's like i don't know i, I even get enough start going to like consignment places buying the crappy old records and it's like yep. and getting that sound you know and sitting in the yep. living room with my wife who's you know we're the same age we grew up with all this stuff and listening yep. to def leppard on an album <laughs> and be like yeah it's just hearing that sound 
I, I've always said when it comes to buying records, I'd rather buy twenty one dollar records than one twenty dollar record. You know, <laughs> I I go into a record shop and I'll glance at the new releases because I do like supporting new bands and stuff, but I'm generally beelining for the dollar bins. That's where I find most of my stuff um, is just going through and finding, you know, those gems that, you know, maybe I've heard one song off this. Maybe I've never heard anything, but someone was talking about this guy. I'll pay a buck for that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, and, and you know what, this entire time with all this inflation and everything outside of gas prices, the only thing I've ever, I've noticed in that time frame that's really increased is the price of records. Like, Oh, really? It's really, you know, and like I said, I haven't been shopping for records, but last, last week we went into our neighborhood record shop, um, which easy street records in West Seattle, by the way, if you're ever in the area choice, um, <laughs> they, it's, it's a great record neighborhood record shop, but like we went in there to, to look for a shirt for my son for Christmas. Um, and I just kind of glancing at the rack, I saw a, a record that I thought I'm going to get this for my friend's daughter. Cause she's had a, she's had a rough year, her favorite band. They just played an in-store there on, on uh, Thanksgiving weekend, uh, the head and the heart, but it was autographed. I'm like there's oh, wow. one left. I'm just going to buy it. And they signed it. I'm going to buy it and I'm going to send it and give it to her for Christmas. But it was like 40 bucks. And you know, I'm I'm used to records being more expensive. I'm, but yeah. you know, usually a new release, and I started looking at all the prices of all the new vinyl, and they were all like forty bucks. They were like thirty-five to fifty bucks for a new record. And just six months ago, when I was still going in there, you know, buying a new record here and there, they were like twenty-five to thirty. Right. And everything is ev like records have gone up. And that's the first time inflation was ever for me. It's like, wow. I think uh, that's more demand than it is anything with the economy or I inflation. Know. I think that's just people, people are at home more, right? They're getting into some hobbies and they're, they're starting to buy it more, which that makes the cost go up. I, it's, I think that happened before the pandemic because I've been a steady vinyl buyer for okay. 15 years. And they, you know, obviously when vinyl, you know, a decade or a little bit more ago started kind of making its resurgence, everything went up. Right. But then That's it's the been demand. relatively yep. pretty steady. Like just, you know, <clears throat> earlier this year, I bought a brand new, um, reissue of Nirvana, Nevermind. And it had like a bonus seven inch single in there, you know, it was 30 bucks. Yeah. So to go in there and just have like everything be 35 to 50 across the board. Yeah. That's, that's like this recent. That could be, yeah. Their know, rent's going up. Their fuel because, prices for the building yeah. are going up. Everything. Yeah. That, that, that could be it too. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. You yeah. know what? It's funny. It um, speaking of, like with home theater and pricing, Rob H on, uh, AV ramp was saying like, he said a while ago that he's like home theater is getting so expensive. And I was like, is it though? Because to me, I'm like having come up from like, we talked earlier about laser just being 40 to $50 yeah. a piece. And it's like, think about our, our content right now. Blu-rays, DVDs 
have been it's been a steady price through everything. It's like yeah. 19.99 to 29.99 right now. I mean, and yeah. the 29.99 is probably for a 4K, right? So that's a right. premium. But I mean, Blu-rays, everything, it's yeah. it's always it and this goes back to VHS when they came out with a price, it was like ET back then when they got sponsored, it was like 1999. Everything was 1999. Yeah. When DVDs came out, they were 1999. That was going to beat Laserdisc. Yeah. And you would have thought like either they'd go up because of like cost of living goes up, cost of product, but everything has just been steady over the years. But meanwhile, we're all in the natural inflation we get every year, right? We're making more. Everybody's yeah. making more. So thinking about it, it's like ni 1999 and 1990 was yeah. a lot compared right. to today you're like oh 20 bucks you know you can't even fill yeah. your car for that now but it, it, you know it's i drive a range rover there's no way no my <laughs> wife has a rav4 yeah. with a 10 gallon tank you're not filling that car for yeah. i mean it's usually like 40 30 40 bucks right yeah so mine's mine's like 100 bucks to fill it every time yeah yeah i have a tundra for work so yeah <laughs> but yeah. but you see what i mean it's like everything has been steady the technology has yeah. come down home thief home theater has actually in my opinion has gotten cheaper over the years I, more accessible I, I think, yeah i i i 100 agree with you there i think there was a about six months ago there was a there was a period there where a lot of brands were announcing price increases kaleidoscape yeah. had a little bit of a price jump and at the same time i think um Trinov had announced something and sound United might've announced something as well. And, and it just kind of looked like all of a sudden prices were going up. Right. Um, those are also and, all and there, higher end stuff. Yeah. That you're like, but yeah. And, and I, I just think, I think there were a lot there, there, let's face it. There are also a lot of people in this hobby who are sky is falling types. And I think there, <laughs> because I saw a, like a wave of videos about how, buy stuff this week or it's going to be priced out of your, you know, you're not going to be able to, you're going to be paying more next week and blah, blah, blah. And, and quite frankly, what happened is they raised those prices due to supply chain issues and, and right. things like that. And now with, you know, all the, all the fear mongering about the economy and, and a recession and everything, people haven't been buying those types of items. So now everything's on sale and everything, you know, they're blowing out price, you know, pricing, right. uh, you know, they're, they're, they're having huge, huge black Friday and, you know, holiday season sales right now because they jacked up their prices right at the wrong time. Right yeah. at the wrong yeah. time. Yeah. Jacked up their prices. They adjusted their prices for the supply chain issues they were dealing with. Right. And then, and then all of a sudden everyone was scared to, to spend anything they didn't have to for a little while. And, you know, now they find themselves with a whole bunch of, you know, boxes on the shelves they're trying to move. So, yeah, I, I, I absolutely, though, that, that's something I hadn't really given much thought to about the, the price of movies is, yeah, the, the, the fact of the matter is, you know, a VHS tape, would, you know, generally would run anywhere from, you know, you could get the previous previously rented you yeah know, previously for 10 viewed bucks, tapes. but buying buying a vhs tape was 20 to 30 bucks yeah you know back then after and that was when they came down they used to be 80 yeah. it was 79.99 because remember if you yeah. didn't return it or whatever it'd be yeah. like oh we're gonna charge you full price and they were like 
you know, 70 to a hundred dollars for the full price. Because yep. I mean, think of the production of those things. It's not, you're not stamping a disc. It's like, you've right. got to run that reel. <laughs> I mean, it's not easy, yep. but then they finally got sponsored. I think Pepsi and all of that. And yeah. which that line is in the movie. Speaking of, you know, going five twenty five seventy seven. I want to ask him that. Is that on purpose? Where, when he met Spielberg, want a Pepsi? Oh yeah. Yeah. And Pepsi sponsored ET. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, and obviously he's meeting him before ET, right. but I'm like, did he do that on purpose? Was that real? Is that, right. you know, but I thought that was really cool. I was like, you want a Pepsi? Yep. <laughs> I was like, what are the odds? <laughs> and, I, right. and knowing, knowing this movie and how much everything means something, you know, that has a mean, you know, he's meaning right. something out of that. He's not just like, ah, oh, I want a Mountain Dew, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I think home theater you could still get into home theater like we did with your frankenstein system for super yeah. super cheap and way better than what yep. we had i mean you i mean you can for like what 200 bucks you can have a 65 inch screen that you're gonna be like whoa it's not the best quality but you don't know that yet right just like we didn't yep. <laughs> even you know i and, and i had i had had surround systems and t, you know tvs and stuff like that throughout the years and then i my the last house we lived in in Iowa actually had this space to build a theater, but I still didn't have a big build a theater budget. Right. Know, I was still on a very tight budget, but I had, you know, for what it's worth, I had a five point one system. You know, I had a, a a cheap receive. I there was another situation where a lot of my nice stuff was actually we were we were burgled in the middle of the night in the oh. house in Des Moines and and I lost my the first flat screen I had ever bought and oh. you know my uh, a nice Sony ES receiver and some speakers and stuff but um so I had kind of pieced some of the stuff back together you know used up but I had a big screen you know what you those those uh, Panasonic plasmas that you were talking about, the 42 yeah. inch industrial ones with the big handles on the back. I got one of those for like 300 bucks on Craigslist. Oh, jeez! You know, I, I pieced together a system again and I, but I, you know, I had a 5.1 system and I had an Apple TV and I had a Blu-ray player. So all I really, you know, I went on Craigslist and I bought a $350 Casio or not Casio. Maybe it was an Epson. I don't know. It was a cheap 720p projector yeah. that I bought from some college kid who was using yeah. it to game on in the dorms. Oh, jeez. Um, but, you know, I bought that and put it up on the wall, and there was already a... The guy who I bought the house from had also had a, a theater in his workshop, so there was a big piece of white linoleum with, with a black frame around it on the wall already. So one piece at a time. Yeah. One piece at a time. And then I bought an Optima HD20. And then I bought Chris Seymour's old Panasonic 8000 projector. And I, you know, and then mm. I got a bit, I bought an SVS sub and just one piece at a time. You don't have to go into this going, I want a home theater. How am I going to come up with $35,000 to build a no. home theater? You just buy one piece at a time, yeah. you know, because you're, you're, you can, you can start building a surround sound system in your living room on the TV that you have by getting a receiver, a couple extra speakers. And then when you're ready to make that jump and you have the space and you move it down there and yeah. you just keep, keep improving one step at a time. That's what I've done this entire yeah. time. That's at, what, at one point I even took Chris Seymour's old carpet out of his theater and put it in my room because it was nicer than the, the carpet that I had in there. So, 
I kept saying, I'm like, you got hand me down carpet. You're, you're not going to notice it, but I'm going to get those speakers and the mono blocks down here too. You're yeah. never going to notice it. Just one piece at a time. I'm stealing your theater. Oh yeah. But that's, you're, you're a hundred percent right. When I have the listeners on everybody's, we've all come through the, however long we've been doing this. Yeah. It's it, you start with an idea and it's like, it might've already been done, but you know what? It's your idea. And you're like, I'm going to try this. And you, you add on and add on. And I didn't, my, I didn't have a subwoofer probably the first 10 years. And I started in like 88. I might've got my first NHT in like 97, 98. And I got the NHT 10 inch sub and, you know, with the external amplifier. And I ran that until I got my first SVS. Yeah. And I, when I, well, and I bought two of them, but I finally upgraded, um, my dad, uh, the company that he worked for sold, they sell nuts and bolts that he works for. And there was a company in California, speaker, company, I don't even know who they are. It's not even on the thing, but he's like, oh, you like this stuff. Is there anything you want? And I'm like, yeah, subwoofer, give me the best subwoofer. And he's like, all right. And we got it at like cost cause they're going out of business or he sold yeah. it to him for cheap, shipped it out. And I had, now I had two subs, but I don't even know what that thing, I didn't know anything. It improved it a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's all I cared about. Right. And you just, you throw this stuff together and it, it's, that's what's so hard about the internet is people, you, it, it changes your expectations. Yeah. But I think you're, if you try to go for the moon right away, um, see what I did there with uh, 525. <laughs> uh, if you go for the moon right away, you're going to miss out on all the fun and knowledge that you're going to gain by having yeah. crappy stuff. Yeah. Right. You, you, you know the difference. Together. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, everyone that comes over here, Oh, how much did this cost you? No idea. No idea. Yeah. I have no idea. You know, I can, I can say, I could tell you that the Kaleidoscape is the biggest single purchase I've made yeah. in my theater. Um, but I have no idea because yeah. everything was bought one at a time, one piece at a time. Yeah. And I'd have to do some, I'd have to go digging through email and scanned items and go through all my, all the receipts and figure out what I still have and, and how much, and it's like, it's not worth it. No. Was the movie, was the movie fun to watch? Did you enjoy the movie? Yeah. Then who cares what costs? Right. And it, you know, especially when you do it our way. It's like, yeah. it, but people are like, well, what if I, if I wanted, and I've had this question, if I wanted this, what would it cost me to put this in my house? And you're like, ah, you know, and then I start giving numbers cause I've had people that have looked into it and I'm like, all right, well you got to frame the, I want everything. All right. Yeah. And you're looking at, I mean, you're 50 to a hundred thousand dollars because once you start, especially if you're having somebody do it because there's right. framing that goes into it, there's, yeah. you know, I mean, all of the stuff that you want to do and it's like but it, to me and, and if you can do that that's great and i have listeners yeah. that have done that but at the same time it's the the stuff that you learn and it's like i can't i i know i've probably spent easily over 50 over the years but that's over, over years, yeah. 25 years you know 30 yeah. actually it's over 30 years now yeah. i've definitely spent over that and like you like the kaleidoscape is the biggest purchase that in ironically, if it wasn't for the pandemic, I wouldn't have been able to make it. You know, that yeah. was our vacation fund that we weren't able yeah. to do for like two years. And my wife's like, you can use it. And she's like, you've been talking <laughs> about that damn thing forever. And and I had, even before I had a, 
a home theater. I was like, I'm trying to right. do something. Not a home theater. I'm sorry, a podcast. I'm like, I'm trying yeah. to do this thing here. She's like, that's a dumb name. <laughs> I was like, who cares? But it, it, I'm not disagreeing with her. It's too many syllables. It doesn't flow. It doesn't roll off the tongue. Collide. Yeah. Kaleidoscape, kaleidoscope, people call it. And it's like, yeah. then you got to learn how to spell it right. And it's like, I get what they're going for, especially with the original versions of it. But yeah, yeah. I would agree. But it's a fantastic, fantastic product. And I, I love it. Yeah. I can't, I'm, you know, I'm almost, I've, I've got the six terabyte and I've almost filled it up. I've got room for like three more. And I'm like kind of kicking myself because when I bought it, I wasn't going to buy, I wasn't going to buy all these movies over again. I've been buying all those movies over again and so easy, you know, but we still do rent a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I, I did a good job of limiting myself on the big sale. Um, I, I spent under a hundred bucks on that big sale. So yeah. Yeah. When they, it, it's fun when you, I mean, when I first got it, you get your keys that you need to have to demo yeah. and everything. But then it's like you try to wait for sales, and I finished my Marvel collection with a sale, with a big sale. And they, they have some yeah. pretty good, it sounds it's funny, because like, for guys like us, like most of their yeah. customers, they don't care about sales or anything like that. Right. But for guys like us, you're like, oh, wow. I'm like, these are 24 to, there's not that many that are over $30, but most of them are 24 to $14 or something. But then when they have a sale, and you can pick up like, six movies for 24 bucks you're like yeah Ooh, this is pretty yeah. good <laughs> yeah yeah there's like the the box sets that you find in the bin mm. that you got to rummage through at the store you know it's like who could you know i i look at it this way and that it's an eight dollar rental fee and if i'm looking at buying it if it's 10 bucks i'm just gonna buy it versus renting it because if you right. watch it you know, if you watch one more scene over watching it the once, then it's worth it. And you get right. your money's worth. And, you know, for the $15 movies, will I watch it twice? Probably. Okay, I'll buy that. Yeah. But when it's the, you know, the 20 to $35 price range. That's when I get to the, I'm going to wait or I'm going to rent it or, right. and, and there've been a couple where we've done the rental and then bought it when we, after we watched it with the discount too, you know, that's a cool, cool deal too. Yeah. Yeah, you rent it and then go, wow, that was pretty good. I, I need to have that. Yeah, and, uh, I'll watch that again. Let's yeah. I haven't had that happen to me yet. Uh, most of mm. the ones that I've rented, like, what was the one I just recently re Oh, Firefox. Eh, that was good rental. It was good to see it in the, yeah. I hadn't seen that in probably 25 years. And yeah. uh, on a big screen like this and be like, whoa, but it was pretty 80s. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, ah, I don't need to see that again. I'm not going to be demoing anything on right. that one. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, it's, it, you know, it was not a, a cheap system, but it's definitely. Yeah. I think, I, I think it's worth every, I, I, do I, can I justify it? No, but I still no. think it's worth every penny. I'm glad, I, I don't me. regret the purchase at all. Takes a, it, it, on, on people like our budget, I say to my listeners all the time, I'm like, is it worth it? I honestly, I say no. I'm like, no, I, I, if, if you can't justify the cost, then no, it's not worth it. Um, but for somebody like myself, the way I watch movies and over and over in scenes, yeah. I love scenes and jumping yeah. and boom, boom, boom. For me, I didn't it's, think I use that and I use it all the time. Yeah. It, and I, that's why I wanted it. So you can imagine what I'm doing, but it's like, it, you know. I, I, 
I can't recommend it to people, but I can tell you how much I love it. And if you're anything like me, I think you'd love it. That's all I, I that's all I can do. I'm not going to sell people on it. I'm like, cause it's a tough purchase. Yeah. I, I tell people if you can, if, if you really want it and you love watching movies and you have invested in the rest of your theater, here are the two extra questions that you need to ask yourself. Am I, am I purchasing it with credit or with cash? Yeah. Am I sacrificing anything else by purchasing this? Don't, you know, don't, don't use money that, you know, okay, a vacation fund that you couldn't use. So that's, right. that's all right. But yeah, you know, it's like the fridge is getting old. We'll get a new fridge first. <laughs> You know, right there, there, it, it should never be a priority, but if you can buy it without adding, you know, going into debt and, and you'll use it and, and get the most out of it. Yeah, absolutely. If you're not going to be regretting the losing the money, right. Then, then yeah. And you have to be that kind of a movie fan too, that wants to call this stuff up as easily as it is. Um, but it, it, but if you can do that, and that's why I said, if you can justify it, I don't think you'll be disappointed. And that's why you don't see a lot of, you don't see anybody get one. I've, I've yet to see somebody get one and give it a bad review. Everybody, right. they're, they're all, and they're like, I've had people tell me, well, they're all for sale on eBay. Yeah, because they're upgrading because they all bought the Those six terabyte systems, system yeah. and they need more space. And it's like, yeah. that. You, you're like, they're not getting rid of it because they don't want it anymore. They got yeah. the better one. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. what I'm going to be doing. I have the 12 yeah. and I can't, it's full. I can't wait to get something bigger, but. I got to make that decision if I'm going to do, because I've got gigabit fiber internet and, it, yeah. and I get the, the super fast download speed. So I just got to make the decision if I, if I want to look into getting a bigger server, getting another server or yeah. just freeing up space and downloading as, as we need them. So I just got to figure that out. Yeah, I'm going to, I was originally going to go to the 24, but they did away with that one and did, now they have a, the, the compact 22, yeah. but I want to go to, I wanted to get to the non-compact. I want to get to the yeah. Terra because that has the multiple hard drives that if one fails, you it's got a raid system to it. Yeah. So I think I'm just going to bite the bullet and sell my 12 and get a 48, which would, and it actually works out relatively cheap compared to what I was going to do. I was going to keep my 12 and go to a 24 and keep them together. But it's like, now I think if I did the numbers right, this is actually like maybe a thousand dollars cheaper, but I have to sell one. Right. So I'm hoping to be able to do that. Hopefully maybe next year or something like that. See how things go. But, um, but that'll be nice to be able to, because right now I'm like, do I have that on my drive? Let me look. <laughs> and you got to pull yeah. it up and download, re-download yeah. it, which, I mean, most of my good, all of my stuff that I love is there, but then older ones that I'll pull up, holiday ones I'll pull up and stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. See, right around Cedia, I, I got one of the ones that the, 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 the my, ser- my six terabyte server like died. It stopped booting up. Oh. They had a, apparently they got a, a shipment of some some bad parts that were they they became a known issue and certain range of serial numbers and mine was one of them and i made i it that was right around cedia and what i should have done is i kind of at that point as i was swapping it out i had the opportunity to maybe get one of the bigger ones if i if i wanted to and i probably should have done that at that point but 
again, job search and stuff like that. I didn't yeah. want to add an extra expense, so I didn't. Um, but yeah, it would have, would have been an opportune time to, to upgrade. Yeah. But, eh, first world problems. Right. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> yeah. With these things. It's like, it's yeah. not even a world I should be in. <laughs> right. Like, you know, so lucky. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's, uh, do a little bit more teasing. Game. Yeah. I got a hockey game. Let's wrap up with a little bit more five twenty five seventy seven. Um, what are you most looking forward to? I'm most looking forward to this conversation because I, I just really feel like he, he's, he's going to be someone who understands us. Like there, there are directors out there who don't get our types. No, there are, you know, our, there are significant others and kids and everyone who don't understand us. I really feel like Patrick Reed Johnson is just like us. I think he's passionate about films and he just happens to be passionate about the same films, the same genre that we're, we're really into. And I, and I just, I think, you know, you know, honestly, more than anything, I'm excited that so many of, of, of your listeners and, and our followers on Twitter and our group, I'm, I'm excited, so excited of how many people have gone out and bought this without knowing anything about it because of, yeah. of, of what we've uh, talked about and how excited we are. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's, I, I, I love, I love movies like this. I love a movie that, you know, you can relate to and it kind of hugs at you a little bit and, you know, you, know, you were talking about how, well, I can see myself. That's me. I can yeah. see, I can totally... I also grew up in a tiny town in the Midwest and I, I knew every person in that movie. I'm like, Oh, that's so-and-so. Yeah. That, I know that guy. Yeah. I, yeah. That, that was so-and-so that, that teacher is this guy that, you know, the, the movie theater guy, that's the guy who, you know, used to work there. Yep. I know every single character in that film. Yeah. And so it's, I, I'm, I'm a little bit younger than, than Patrick, but you know, I had an older brother, so I feel like I was kind of brought into these things a little earlier than a lot of folks and i was born in 72 um i remember throwing a fit because they my my mom took my brother to star wars during the week when i was spending at grandma and grandpa's and so i didn't get to go and i threw a fit until she took me on sunday when we got home you know so but you know i'm just i'm like the last three hours that we've spent, I'm excited to talk <laughs> movies and, 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 you know, I love talking about all this stuff and I'm excited to talk about it with someone who, who's kind of done there. He's, he's been there. He's done it. He's built, yeah. he's done the film, you know, I'm doing some short independent film projects and stuff like that. And I didn't have the camera as I was growing up, you know, he, how he, he, started by making films with his dad's eight millimeter film camera. I didn't have, we didn't have that yeah. growing up. Maybe, maybe because it was late enough in the film camera and too early for a VHS camera, but yeah. we didn't have anything like that. Um, so I didn't, you know, I was left to do fake kiss concerts in the basement instead of yeah. making super eight films. But you know, I, I, I wish I would have had that ability as a kid to to have that sort of outlet as you know creatively and to me i'm just i'm i i'm envious watching this movie those early scenes when he's taking his sister's bike apart i'm envious of that drive and creativity that i don't know that i 
really had as a kid. I liked playing make believe and thinking that I could be in a band and stuff, but I wasn't out there doing it like he was. And so to me, I think that's really cool. And, you know, wish I would have gotten an earlier start on it myself. Yeah. It's I'm same thing. It's that, that problem solving that he was doing mm-hmm. and he was, and that's, what's interesting about artists. They create their problems, then they solve their problems, right? Their ideas create the problem. And then like, how do I execute this idea? And it's how to execute an idea that came from your imagination is, I mean, look at George Lucas, you know, it's like he had to wait to do Phantom Menace because he's like, we can't do this. What I have in here, it can't be done. Right. And, (laughs) and that to me is like, it's exactly what I think, you know, he's doing with this movie is that he's. The other thing to me that I can't wait to mention to him is his drive, but look at his support system, right? His mom, his friends, even his sister that made fun of him. That's a drive. And it's like, that's somebody, and nobody said, just do it. Like, you're just great. Just do it. His mom did, but then he had his dad telling him, what about this? Bringing him that touch of reality. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but then his friends were just like, whatever you want me to do, I'll jump in this red pool, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's like, so he had, he had a support system that I think that cultivated what he had in him. And it's like, I think in my opinion, it's like t- my kids are older now, but I was more like dad and I, but in a nicer way. Right. Yeah. I was never the one that was like, you can do it because you know what yeah. you say when they don't, they're like, you told me I could do this. But he right. had it both. He had a loving mother that was so supportive and doing what she could. But then the dad's going, you know, you got tripods. <laughs> I yeah. thought that was fantastic. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. and then this friend that's mouthing it at the same, or you just saw the dad. Yeah. It was so great. And it's like, yep. but then the support that allowed him to, to prosper through that. And it's right. like all of his friends and, but he got picked on. And he was the nerd. They had mm-hmm. that in there. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, I mean, we've all been there. It's no, yeah. eye, you know, as some eye glazes, they had, didn't they have that comment in there? I think that comment, I can't remember if he said that or something in the movie, but, but that ideal, right. And it's yeah. like, we've yeah. all experienced that. And that's yeah. just to be able to sit down and talk to somebody that's like, yeah, made it, you know? Well, and, and, and that's a, that's a really interesting point. I wonder, you know, the impact that, that, you know, his surroundings had on building that drive to do those movies. I wonder how much of an impact that had on his drive to actually complete, you know, this project that took, you know, how many years to, to finish and to, you know, have the funding disappear and have to, you know, continually doing re-edits and, and, you know, fixing things and adding things and trying to scrape up all this stuff. Like how much of that, at what point would the normal person have just given up and said, maybe I can turn it into a short film and put it on YouTube, but he just kept going and going and going. Yeah. And you know, that, that to me, that too is, is a whole other, whole other level of drive. Um, doubters, I think in my opinion are the best motivation. Yeah. People tell you, you can't do something. Watch me. And, yep. and then they laugh at you and they do this and that. And you're like, and next thing you know, you're like, 
there's nothing and you don't say anything back to them but you know you're like mm -hmm, you know and it's they like, they see you actually doing it and they try to convince you that you shouldn't be now that you know that oh you'll never do that oh yeah watch me and then they see you doing it and oh you're you're doing it wrong yeah you're never gonna finish well yeah. you know they they're like oh crap he's actually doing it how am i gonna get him to give up so that i can be right yeah and it's like uh, yeah and he didn't listen to any of that he just kept going nope nope tuned out the noise and did what he wanted to do yeah. and I, are, I it's great are there production issues that could have been solved had it been you know produced and post-produced and released in a in a nice tight little frame yeah absolutely there are some things that would have been a lot easier and maybe been a little bit better but the would fact it mean the same he... would it mean the same yeah you yeah. know it's like yeah. people talking about, I don't want a cookie cutter movie. I don't want yeah. these franchises. I don't want this, but here's a movie about a franchise and how it yeah. affected, you know, the start of the franchise. And, uh, you know, and it, it's this, the, I can't say it's a movie like no other. There are, there right. have been other passion projects like this yeah. that I love, but it, it is, it's, it, it's an original that you can just, yeah. especially for home theater fans like ourselves, for Star Wars fans, for, you know, like I said before. Anyone who are, grew up in the 70s. Yeah. 70s or 80s, really. Yeah, It's or like 80s. you get the same feel. You get the same yeah. vibe and the, the cars and the whole thing. Yeah. But it's hysterical. It's hysterical. Yeah. So, I can't wait. I can't wait. This has been yeah. a great it's preview of it. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a <laughs> yeah. blast just doing this. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like this is what we would have done, but now we're going to actually talk to him. Hmm. Oh, yeah. boy. Now so, we're warmed up. We're practiced. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get in front of him on Thursday and be like, duh. <laughs> Travis, what, what were some of my points yeah. I had? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So awesome. No, we'll have fun. So, yep. All right. Travis Ballstat of AV Nirvana. Check out his reviews over there. He does, uh, you, how long have you been with them? I just, last couple of years, I think I noticed your reviews and stuff. Yeah, I, I actually, I reached out to Todd probably four years ago now. Okay. Maybe even more, um, just about coming on board and, and helping out. And he was like, oh, you don't want to do that. <laughs> we, we <don't, laughs> that sounds like not Todd. Like, we're, not make, we're not making any money at this. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't care. It's, that's fun for me. This right. is like my get up. This is my release. And stuff. So I started doing stuff lightly, but, you know, I was also looking, I was, you know, we were trying to get everything squared away to make a cross country move. And so I didn't really start producing a lot of content until about a year ago. It became okay. a lot more of a regular production thing and, you know, kind of helping them with the video side of things. And, you know, Todd also does a lot of really great videos on there as well. And, you know, I, <laughs> if anything, you know, my coming on board kind of nudged him to do more video content as well so we can help build out our youtube channel and stuff but yeah just really fun yeah okay so yeah I, that's like why you said, i do it about it and same here i see people i don't on, even remember how long it's been i see people on twitter that they're like i can't make any money at this and I'm, 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 I'm like then you're doing it for the wrong reasons you yeah. know especially the stuff that we're doing here and it's like if any any extra it's it's extra you yeah. turn this, like you said earlier, uh, before we were recording this part, but you know, this is just, it's so for fun and enjoy yeah. it, have fun with it. Anything extra that comes from it is extra. 
you know, and, um, yeah. So very, very much like minded there, buddy. Yeah. So, and, uh, yeah, life has enough stress in it that we don't need to be stressed out about our hobbies. No, I know. huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. I'm really looking forward to Thursday. Obviously yeah. I know I'm, I have his, how's Todd doing? Have you, I haven't talked to him. I've texted him a couple of times, but how's he, is he excited? I, yeah, he's definitely excited. I haven't talked to him much other than he's been really busy logistically. He's, yeah. he's got a lot of stuff working actually with AV Nirvana, a lot of new products being sent our way for review and testing and stuff like this. Yeah. That's, I yeah. can't wait to see his review of that over AV Nirvana. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Mad VR. Yeah. Has he got that in yet? Not yet. I Not yet. Think. I know Maybe. he's getting that. Yeah. Uh, he got his new projector. Yeah, he's busy. Yeah. He's doing the base hunters. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. I'm I'm looking at uh, as soon as I I need to get uh, my immersive channels figured yeah. out here. But then uh, talking uh, about maybe uh, reaching out the storm to do something like that here. Oh. Okay. Test, but I don't want to. I don't want to bring something like that in house to test it out without. Hey, that's a five point one setup. What can you do? Right. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta give, him, <laughs> give him something to work with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But. It's, I, I see, I don't, I don't ever want to get into that world. I, I don't envy you guys pulling out yeah. equipment, testing equipment, doing this stuff. It's like, I like my wheelhouse. I just watch the yeah. stuff on my steady Freddy equipment. <laughs> just, yeah. you know, and you guys, I mean, it's fun. I, but like I said, I don't envy you guys pulling that stuff out, putting that stuff in. And then like with your last speaker, and you end up, I'm keeping these yeah. that I would dread that. I, cause I, everything I did, I'd be like, these are fantastic. I got these, <laughs> I got these. Like, yeah. I, oh, that's yeah. Tough. I, I, there, there's no way I was sending these back. These <laughs> Honestly, there, there yeah. was just, it was not even an option after I'd, you know, had them in there for, it was less than a week and I was starting to think that they weren't going back. Yeah. Um, but I, I can definitively say that it's going to be a very, very long time before I even consider reviewing speakers down here again. Like I'll review stereo stuff mm. cause that's much easier upstairs, but I'm not pulling these out. <laughs> I'm not, oh. I'm not cause you know, to do this, you got to pull the screen out. You got to yep. like do the whole wall back there and it's, yeah, it's, which yeah. is why I was, I was a little hesitant to review them in the first place. Yeah, but not. I was at a point where my triads weren't doing what I wanted them to do, and and next level acoustics had reached out, so yeah. it, it all happened kind of perfect storm there. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's but like I said, I couldn't do that. It's like it's like going to adopt a puppy. Yeah, you don't just go to look. You're coming yeah. home with the damn thing. You know, it's like, yeah. let's just go meet it, see how we yeah. feel. It's a right? puppy. Well, that's yeah. how I am with equipment. It like. This is beautiful. It's so shiny. <laughs> like, gotta take it home. It's like, oh, now you're going to ship the stuff to me and I get to try it and be like, yeah. oh man, no, no, just give me new movies. Yeah. No, you don't have to give them to me. I buy my stuff, but like I get, yeah. I get a new movie and just be yeah. like, just enjoy it. And it's, oh man, I don't know how Todd does it. Honestly, uh, pulling yeah. stuff out, putting stuff in crazy. Yeah. I, I'm much, I'm much happier if I don't have to tear my rack out and do stuff yeah. I, like a, a processor. I, I can just 
I don't have a official rack mount for my Blu-ray, so I can actually reach behind and pull out a couple HDMIs out of my processor. Yeah. And you know, the, the XL or the RCAs that go down to the amps, I can easily swap those over and just set something on top of the rack for a processor, you know, something like that. But speakers, I'm not doing that down here very often. No. And I don't need to now. I'm happy. There you go. All right. Let's get out of here, Travis. Awesome. Yeah. Great chat. We'll be back. Yeah. We'll talk Thursday, but we're definitely doing this again. We have too yeah. much fun. Too much fun. It's been too long before getting you on here. So thank you very much. Thank you Absolutely. for coming on, but thank also you. thank you for including me on Thursday's uh, show. And uh, we'll I, see how long that goes. But <laughs> yeah, I, I immediately knew that I was going to you know, at least invite you and hope you were able to to make scheduling work. So, I, oh, God. Know. There's nothing I wouldn't, if, I, I, yeah. If for no other reason, I mean, obviously I wanted to have you on there because you're such a, you know, it's such an important part of, of who you are, you know, the Star Wars aspect and everything. But, you know, like I said, crossing the streams, the more people we can have yeah. aware of this and participating in this, the better it makes us look to him. I don't, yeah. I don't know if I mentioned to you or Todd, but I have another one in mind. Many years ago, I interviewed these two kids who were independent filmmakers in Eastern Iowa, and they had all these really, really great short films and a couple of feature things that they were just doing, you know, on little mini DV cameras, and they were really, really good. And then they went on to um, win a couple contests, and the next thing you know, they wrote this movie that we all love for interesting reasons. They they wrote uh, a Quiet Place. Oh wow! Yeah, that's another so home I'm, theater one. Yeah, and which is which I you think did is mention awesome this to me you because of how how unique yeah. it is. It's not a big bang boom all over the place. It's the subtleties and the, it's the little that's you know, yeah. tiny noises and the and the low end quiet stuff. But but yeah, so I was thinking about maybe trying to get them on oh. and talk about some of their old stuff because okay. I've still I just found the DVD. They sent me DVDs like three DVDs with all of their old short films and projects on them and stuff. And I was thinking about oh. like trying to do something with that content and, yeah. and talk to them about that. But you know, we can bill it as the writers of the of a quiet place. You know? Yeah. So. I mean, I don't think we could sell many more quiet place Blu-rays because <laughs> they, no, they're, they're, it's they're a pretty popular doing, movie, yeah. but that yeah. would be fantastic. And yeah, oh, as I mean, a matter of fact, I was going to say that when you mentioned it earlier about the response we got the other day, when you and I started teasing it out and apparently you don't know what a tease is, but yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great though. I but, wanted to make sure they all watched it this week. Like if, yeah. for people who can only have time to watch on weekends, I wanted to make sure they had right. last weekend to watch it before this event. But that was super cool that the listeners, the tw Twitter followers, everybody just, you just start seeing, got it. What did I just buy? Yep. How many times did we see that? And you're like, oh my God. And I had a few listeners reach out to me, DM me and be like, how does this feel? And I, my response to every single one of them, I wouldn't have done it if I didn't know you guys would do that in the first place. Cause they've just yeah. been so great with stuff. Like I've, cause I, I recommend movies all the time and they will be like, I just bought this. I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully it's good. And it's like, and that is a great feeling, but the yeah. response that these, it's such a passionate community anyways, much like yeah. this movie. And it's like two, three years ago, I wouldn't have put that tweet out because you don't want to yeah. put it out and be like, Hey, I'm going to, this is a great movie. Go buy it. And you're like crickets. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Yeah. You know what? And that takes a hit to your chest. You're like, yeah, 
okay. I was all excited, but nobody, and you keep checking your phone, nothing. And it's like, I'm like, I had a pretty big weekend myself. My daughter got married Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I'm checking my phone and I'm like, more purchases. I mean, it was just, I had to put everything on private, but they were great. It was, and like you said, it's like, I think you saw the numbers and you're like, I got to tell them what this is because I don't want people to miss out. But right. Yeah. It, 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 it all worked perfectly because we got that good storm of, of people doing yeah. it and then you're telling them. And so we've had great conversations and uh, a lot of people looking forward to it on, uh, yeah, on Thursday. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, More yeah. John, John Brock says, uh, thanks, Travis. He said, thanks. Looking forward to Thursday. Thank you, Travis. So awesome. Yeah. The listeners are all speakers. saying that too. So, um, yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, any other subjects we want to talk about while we're sitting? <laughs> we keep trying to say bye. No. <laughs> I do no, this all the just... time. Everybody, yeah. the hardest thing I do is like the exit. Yeah. <laughs> because we just want to like, It's talking. like Thanksgiving. It's like that 45-minute conversation with your coats on, right? Yeah, in the, the foyer. Before you yeah. walk out. You're yeah. like, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to hug you one more time. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> Gotta go. Well, no. okay. Might as well just stay over. So. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, all, right. um, all good. Go uh, go play some hockey, and we'll talk to you on Thursday. And, yeah, let's do this again. Absolutely. Thanks, Travis. Good. Everybody, yep, we'll see you on Thursday, maybe something before then, and John, Steve, and I on Friday. Whew. Go push play. Hey, Fred. This has been a Hey, Fred production with theme music by Jeff Bernhardt and Throne Vault Productions.